now entering the Bass Galaxy. This is Teal's Bass Galaxy. I'm your host. This podcast is about raw, real conversations with real awesome people about bass fishing, bass boats, and heck, there are no limits in the galaxy. Attention all Bastronauts. This podcast is supported by the Bass Galaxy's title sponsor, Waypoint Angler Supply, the Midwest's new landing pad for hardcore anglers just like you and me. If you're looking for the sneaky goods you can't find anywhere else, look no further. Waypoint Angler Supply has the largest offering of JDM tackle in the Midwest, and they are right here in Minnesota on Lake Minnetonka. This is truly a place every bass fisherman in Minnesota needs to visit because we finally have a tackle shop in the state that's as dreamy as the ones you find down south. And the staff at Waypoint Angler Supply understands the various needs of us anglers, which is why you'll find the selection there so enticing. Ross and the folks at Waypoint Angler Supply are passionate about carrying the right stuff, providing an authentic customer experience, and they listen to the anglers. And it doesn't end at JDM baits. They stock all the top U.S. brands, as well as local Minnesota brands like the Selka Fishing and Customs, Arsenal Fishing, Bait Lab Custom Swim Baits, All Terrain Tackle, Bagley Northland, Outcast Tackle, and more. So stop into their store on Lake Minnetonka or visit their website, waypointanglersupply.com. That's waypointanglersupply.com. Use the code GALAXY20 to save 20% on your next tackle binge. All right, kids, listen up. Today's guests, we got two legends in the house. One of these guys, he's a legend to me. He's a mentor of mine. He taught me how to bass fish. Dean Nelesny is joining us as a co-host for this one because he fished out of the back of this guy's boat. And if you haven't heard of this guy, man, you need to listen up because this guy is a bass fishing legend, a pioneer in the state of Minnesota. He is the largemouth bass state record holder in the state of Minnesota. He's invented the My Wedge Transom Saver. He's won more boats than Davy Crockett. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Raveling. Because you seem to be out of the tournament game a little bit. Yeah, no, I've uh, I kind of pick and choose, and uh, with the COVID stuff, I kind of gave up with the majority of the stuff, and uh, well, everybody I guess yeah kind of got put in a backlog, and and um, you know I'm not that mad at them anymore, and I just want to go out when when the weather's nice and they're biting and uh, just enjoy myself. Absolutely, and uh, the same way with Texas. I mean, I go out and fish bass. I'm really getting into the redfish thing on the golf. Okay. And uh, boy, what a treat that is. Sure. Um, I've been doing it now like three years, and it's like uh, catching a 20-pound smallmouth on top water in three feet of water. That's fun. Yeah. No, it's just amazing. So you got your own 
like saltwater boat then? Or? Nope. I, I've been going with a guide, and sure. uh, and he's he just started building boats. So I think I'm going to get one one that he's building. Sure. And I've been in his prototype for like the last three years, and it's unbelievable. And I I could actually probably get rid of my bass boat and just use that. Uh, sure. You know, to fish out, fish all the species out of that. So, is that like a center console, like flats, fiberglass style boat? Then it is. Yeah, cool. it's a, it's a tunnel, mm-hmm. and it goes. Uh, you know, you can get on plane in like eight inches of water, and you can go through. You know, that sh- real shallow water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it also handles big waves. It's got a big, deep V on the front of it. So sure. It's a, what I'd say almost a perfect boat. Well, saltwater is kind of like the, the testing ground for a shallow water or a rough water boat. So yeah. if it does both, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, getting down there again already. I'm packing for, for Texas already. So That's awesome. <laughs> so you spend most of your winters down by Falcon Lake there. When do you typically leave? Uh, well, I leave a... a uh, the middle of October, and uh, come back the end of April. So, um, you know, I get I miss all the cold weather, and and my grandkids come down, and Rachel comes down quite a bit, and uh, and Ryan even came down this year, my youngest boy. Sure. Um, Shane hasn't made it yet, but he will. He's too he's too busy with his three girls he's got, and they're all in uh, volleyball right now. He tr- he takes them all over the country, That's and crazy. does these tournaments and stuff. And he uh, uh, Hayden just came in second, I think, in one of the na- from a national standpoint. Sure. So they're all doing really good. They enjoy it, and and he's taking care of them. And Mason's on his own kind of now. Yeah, yeah. Him he's... and him and Carter uh, paired up. Yep, yep. And uh, they've done really, really good the last couple of years. They have. They're a good team. They're uh. They become a nice thorn in, a, in my side, so to speak. Yeah, no, but they're <laughs> in everybody's too. side, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's cool to see, and um, they're uh, they're always respectful on the water too, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of what we tried to teach them. For sure, you for know, sure. Uh, well, how many years have you been been doing this on the water? When was your first fishing tournament, Mark? Because I mean, there's a lot of people maybe nowadays that don't know who Mark Raveling is, yeah. but I'm here to tell you, like. I barely know who Mark Raveling is, but I grew up looking up to you, so I really appreciate you yeah. coming out. And I guess I'm, I'm excited to learn about and hear about some of those old stories because I think I don't want them to get lost with uh, yeah. with uh, time. There, there's no Facebook proof of them, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So this is us uh, stamping that down. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, walk me through, like, your first tournament and how would you get into bass fishing. Like, Shane obviously had Mark. Mason has Shane. But did you have a – uh, kind of guy you brought you into it or did yeah, you get into yeah, it exactly no. <laughs> you know this is i i got into bass fishing late i always enjoyed fishing but it was primarily uh sitting in the channel on uh minnetonka throwing a big sucker minnow out waiting for a northern to bite it sure <laughs> so that's how that was my fishing yep <laughs> and this was uh i didn't really get going until i was probably 30 years old with the bass sure and I had a friend that was doing it. He had a bass boat. 
And uh, he said, well, let's go out sometime. And I said, sure. So I had uh, an ultralight spinning rod and reel combo with like six pound test on it. And I had this storm thin fin kicked his ass. On Minnetonka, we went out. I bet you I caught 25 bass, and he hardly caught anything. And that was the start of it. Sure. I got hooked right then. We went on. We fished together. Him and I fished together a couple times. And and it was uh, like maybe two years we won the uh, Minnetonka Bass Classic. Him and I did together. Sure. And then Shane and I kind of took over after that. And Well, like how many – so you had the Minnetonka Bass Classic. Do you know what year this was around? Because how many tournaments were there at this time? Was the bass fishing wasn't really – like tournament bass fishing – wasn't really much of a thing back then or was it yeah well there was a couple circuits and uh and i don't even know the name of them anymore you know um but uh the minnetonka bass classic was the the one that was everybody wanted to win yeah so would that have been like before the shelby's even yeah it would have been yep yeah so and then and uh you know, I think Shane and I have probably won more uh, Minnetonka Bass Classics than anybody. We dominated basically Minnetonka for like 10, 12 years, if not more. Well, I'd be curious on the on the whole state statistic, honestly, yeah, Mark. It, yeah. um, I think it, Minnetonka is really what you guys are well known for, but to me it goes beyond that. You've done very well. Yeah, every place we've gone we've been competitive. Absolutely. Um, and it's all you know, um, putting the time in on it, you know, we didn't have spot lock and GPS back there and we had to use maps and line up uh, a tree uh, on a window on a shoreline that was 300 yards away or figure out an inside turn. And that's, uh, it's totally different now. And, uh, and the grandkids are showing me how to use that stuff now, Not, not spot lock, or GPS, but the active targets and that's type kind of, of come full circle in that. Sense. <laughs> wow, sure has. <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy. And to me, so like back in the day, you had you didn't have active target two, right? So you had to use maps, and ultimately, I think sonar. I've talked to sonar, and I've talked to now like Moina who's really well known for a football jig, right? That was essentially a casting sonar back then for bottom hardness. So like being efficient, you couldn't side image something. You couldn't go scan this grass edge. You had to zigzag it with sonar if you had it. But what I think is cool about what you're kind of well known for is to me, it's something very similar to Moina. You had to figure out a way to be efficient on the water with what you had and what you seem to pioneer kind of and become very well known for as a crankbait, yeah. which to me is an efficiency tool, kind of like a football jig, except I don't, I think a lot of people in Minnesota would say it's a painful bait to throw, which the football jig can be too. Um, and maybe it was so painful cause your arms were hurting, but um, <laughs> like you said, the thin fin was kind of the originator to that. Yeah. And I think that's kind of funny because you, from everybody who's told me stories about Mark Raveling, it's a wiggle wart, mag wart, and yeah, you really did well with that. Yeah, and it, uh, 
you know, it was a it was a bait that, uh, um, you know, was a superior bait for one thing. It made the right rattle, the right movement, and milfoil was just coming around, and uh, the fish were actually hiding in the in the milfoil. But you could, uh, what triggered them was the way we did it, and <clears throat> I remember. Uh, um, Little, what's his first name? George. George, oh, George. Little, yeah. Yeah. Him and I fished a tournament together once, and uh, and he goes, uh, "God, you're not fishing." He goes, "You're in combat with those fish." He goes, "Cause that's what it was. It was a a ripping technique uh, using that mag wart, and it just triggered them. And the harder you the harder you did it, the more action you got. Huh. Bigger fish you caught." Uh, more of them and it was just painful we used to have big band-aids that were uh nine by nine we'd have them on our sides just because we were wearing this and bruising because of the uh the ripping we were doing and it was you know a lot had to do with the line we used a lot had to do with the rods we used and it was just grunt work is what it was yeah, you, it sounds like a lot of work. Do you have any of the original wiggle worts yet? Yeah. You do. Yeah. I figured that. No. A lot? Yeah. Okay, you have a lot of well, I've heard stories about <laughs> That's what I was, I was getting. I was hoping that he'd tidbit yeah. a little bit. Well, what, when Rapla went to their new edition, yeah. uh, Shane and I bought everyone they had. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was just curious. No. And uh, <laughs> so, so, so we have a few left. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said he asked if he needed to bring anything the first time. Well, said, no, well, yeah. Next you could time. bring some of them, them OG uh, wiggle warts or mag warts if you want. He's like, I gave him all the mason. Yeah. I, like, no. I think I've got like a half a dozen that died. Yeah. They're not even in my boat. They're just there. Yeah, and just, I, you know, I case. very seldom ever throw them anymore, and it's it's changed, um, and especially well, I'm not doing the tournament thing that much anymore. But they worked almost every lake he went to, huh. you know. And uh, I can remember Ron Linder watching me on Gall Lake. He was filming actually, and he was talking about how this is uh, new. This a uh, different technique that Mark's done, and and I was ripping right in front of him, and all of a sudden we caught a four pounder, you know. <laughs> and it's uh, you know it worked at almost every place we went: whitefish, gall. How did the discovery of that happen, and what what were how were you fishing maybe before that, right? And obviously, it was this key that really unlocked a lot yeah. a lot of things for you. But well, I don't know. Um, I guess I don't remember how it all came about. You know, it was it was um, uh, you know it was a good bait. It made the right noise. That was really the key thing. And uh, sure. We probably started with a smaller one, reeling it over top the weeds, and and just um, the milfoil kind of forced us to start ripping it. Sure. And uh, you know we went to that mag one, and that made more noise yet. And uh, you know it just triggers fish, and it and it was one color that did it too. It was that reddish, um, like a crayfish, crayfish red, red yeah, yeah. And, fire crawl uh, like blaze yeah, orange kind yeah, of yeah yeah no it was really deep red and <laughs> and um it triggered them yep but how we got started you know i'm, I'm guessing that we 
were throwing it and uh and uh, i don't re- remember if we uh caught a fish on something and we were letting it lay and uh all of a sudden another one came up and got it you know so right there we knew it was a hot bait right and we just kept practicing with it and practicing and the only way you could get it through to the fish was to rip it sure sure and that just evolved over a period of time yeah that that's a problem you probably had to work with different line and different rods to kind of figure out the best way to do that was that the first crankbait you threw or was there a different crankbait that you maybe threw before that i mean no we've we've thrown uh, many many uh, bagleys uh, yeah. a lot of the rapla shad wraps or shad uh, yeah uh, deep downs and all those i mean we we did them all but uh and they catch fish there's no question it's just the wiggle ward is the one that really made shane and i our our, our names made uh Absolutely. countrywide right i mean we had people in uh florida talking about what we were doing up here in minnesota oh, it, it was special man. yeah it was special um so what is like what was the rods have changed a lot line has changed a lot i mean they're probably did they even have fluorocarbon back then because no. now everybody's using straight fluorocarbon and rods have evolved a lot as well um but like was it a fiberglass rod was it a graphite rod did you use heavier line mono or lighter mono you know well it was all mono there right. was no braid in no there braid even. no no Jesus. braid and no uh, fluorocarbon and it was maxima line uh the camellia 10 pound 10 pound 10 pound it we still throw that and uh it's a uh, some of the most magnificent line ever made sure and it was uh you could you could reel in a car with it i think huh. it, it would just never break and so it is like power pro it's like 30 pound test 10 pound test diameter is what yeah you're saying. yeah <laughs> well, i remember gamma i remember seeing it wasn't it well, maxima a, maxima it was in a black box with gold lettering if i remember yeah i think something like I that i think so yeah but it uh it's a brown brownish color yeah it's like you said chameleon color yeah, whatever yeah. they called it yeah yeah well like what's interesting about that is the mono kind of is stretchy Stretch. right yeah um but if you go thin enough like a thin is like a knife right it ripped the weeds it cuts through the weeds better i've noticed that yeah. where you'd think you'd go heavier line but actually lighter line rips that grass yeah. better yeah is that because I mean, most guys would be scared to break their bait off with ten pound test ripping it through the grass. I like would that. be. I would be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that was all trial and error, and and uh, and we knew we had a successful pieces to to everything. Yeah. The line, the rod. We actually had a rod. Loomis actually built us a rod. <laughs> I think it was a seven. 784 or something like that it was real stiff rod and uh and that gave us a leverage to rip that and break those weeds off and stuff so you throw a stiffer rod but yeah. more like moderate like a heavy moderate or like yeah, it was pretty heavy yeah yeah <laughs> gotcha jig rod <laughs> well not quite that heavy gotcha but, but close it was short so you could you know, there was no real give to it, so when you um, when you ripped it, it actually saw the weeds off. Yeah, that's cool. I've heard about that with the chatterbait too, with oh, yeah. cert- using certain lines to get it 
to run down in oh, that grass yeah. better and rip out. Um, so that's just super interesting. That's super cool stuff. And like back then, it was you had to you had a key to the lake yep. that no one else had, yep. and you ran with it. Yeah. How much? How many tournaments do you think that bait as as one or or dollar amount? I mean, I, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> A lot, a lot. You yeah, know. we we've like, got a lot of. Uh, how many boats have you won, Mark? Ooh, like, I bet you 10, 12, 15. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, I've I won remember, so many boats, I've lost count. Well, I would. That's a dream, man. Well, they used that to, is a dream. You guys, didn't you guys? I like five or six years in a row. You guys won. Yeah, a boat. I mean, yeah. it was. I, if I remember right, you know, because yeah. I know who you were. You know, I'm. Well, it wasn't only I'm in a talkie. No, it no, was, it was all over. It was on. Uh, Chicago, Chicago with uh, Frankie's tournaments. Frankie's deals. Yeah. Yep. At Prior Lake, I can remember winning boats yep. there. And he's like that guy from the Griswolds. I put a dollar in, I win yep. a boat. I put a dollar in, I win another boat. I put a dollar in, I win another boat. That's what, I mean. Yeah, if there was a boat to boat as a, an award, we would win it. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> it seemed cool. like that was the deal. That's, that's cool, man. Yeah, and that's how they paid us back then, though. Too. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, some cash, but it was mostly a boat, a motor type thing. That's so which cool. Which is fine. <laughs> Absolutely. They don't, I mean, there's only one tournament series I'm aware of nowadays up here that, that yeah. still does that. It sounds like it used to be a lot more common, which is interesting yeah. because the sport seemed to be a lot smaller. Yeah. It was, um, it was just beginning to take off though. And, right. And that was Earl and Jacobs and the um, yeah. Silverados. Don Shelby Invitationals. Yep. That's what yep. it was the start to the FLW. Yep. And we got in on the ground floor three or four years and perfected all that. And they gave us boats. Sure. And it wasn't like one boat for the win. They'd give us boats to fifth place. Right. That's, I remember yeah. that. That was, <laughs> that's wild to me. Yeah. So, I mean, tournaments have changed a lot over time like turn it kind of the rules are generally the same besides the ones they've added over time but what's interesting to me is there wasn't a lot of smallmouth back in the day and you probably really got to, you maybe got to witness zero to smallmouth is that am i when did smallmouth when was the first smallmouth weighed in a tournament that you saw or, well you minnetonk know? always had some and sure when they were on the beds i remember like gary lake and a few of those guys Bull, the, was a bowling in Gary Lake, I think, right? Yeah. I remember right. Yeah. yeah. And they would uh, they would go fish those smallmouth. Yeah. Huh. And they'd bring in nice ones. I mean. This was in the 80s or 70s? Or? It was when I, well, so I was in the, that would have been out of high school. That's when I really start kind of peeking at these guys and following what I could. You know, back then there wasn't what we had now. Sure. You know, but Gary Lake, bowling, raveling, you know, Capra. I mean, all those guys, yeah. you know. They were like around. The, yeah. Pioneers, man. But like the smallies, they didn't. But remember, there was no social media, so nobody There's, knew about it. no small. Well, okay. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that bear in the forest making a sound analogy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if, if a small mouse swims in the lake and no one's there to post it on Facebook, is it there? Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, it's really taken off a small mouse. It's crazy. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I remember fishing tournaments on uh, Mille Lacs where all you could catch was largemouth. 
I think you could bring one smallmouth in that was over 22 inches yeah, it was, or something. Had to be yeah, one had big to be. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was a catch and release always on smallmouth up there, and that's why Moax is what it is today. Or you know, it's kind of gone downhill a little bit, but uh, you know, it was one of the best lakes in the country for a long time. And Leech is right behind it. Woman, um, you know, that was catch and release for a long time. And uh, and there's giants in there. Oh, that t- to me, I think woman has the biggest genetic, like smallmouth genetics that that we've that, that I've seen in the state. Yeah, yeah. Two the weeks tails ago. on them are yeah. like, like my wrists. So, <laughs> two weeks. My wrists aren't huge, but you know. Two <laughs> weeks ago, there was a guy fishing walleyes out there, and he caught a seven fifteen again. Seven fifteen. Yeah, and I you know I saw a picture of it, and I mean, my god. Yeah, because what eight. Eight pounds, eight zero zero yep. is the record. And there's been three, three or four of them now that are seven fifteen. Janice that caught one. Aaron not caught one. You probably caught one. Uh, uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I actually got one on my phone from my cousin who I work for. His buddy's brother-in-law, his neighbor got. I was a seven fourteen two summers ago. Yeah. Why is why no one weighed that the eight? Like it's it's got to be there. It's coming. <laughs> It's like if it's that. not seven, like it's got to be eight next year, no, right? Yeah, and that was three so. years ago. I think yeah. I saw a seven fifteen. Well, Genesis, that's got to be five six years. It's got yeah. that's a that's a ways out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Would think of that. Well, I've been trying. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, that'd be really cool if he if he had the green and brown record. Yeah. So yeah. for on the record, you are the Minnesota largemouth bass state record holder, yeah. which. I mean that's an honor in and of itself, but um, that'd be cool to catch both. Yeah, I've been trying. That's you know, <laughs> is that kind of your mission now that you're not fishing tournaments? Well, you is... know, it's really was my mission. Get the green uh, and brown belt. Yeah, you know? a lot earlier. I mean, when I moved up to Leech Lake, which was 12 years ago, I that was in the back of my mind. Sure, is to try to catch that uh, that that green one or that smallmouth and have two records, but. You know, <laughs> stars. What's got the to odds? Align. You know, <laughs> stars got to align. Yeah. So you've been spending some time on leech, though. Yeah, yeah, not a lot. It's uh, you know, I, if I if I go, I go to little boy, and I go to woman more than I go to leech. But yeah, leech is going to be another malax here in a couple years. I think so too. Yeah, for smallmouth, and uh, it's it's got everything right, and it's further away from the cities right so it won't get as much near as much pressure i don't think as what malax gets i would agree with that and that'd be good to see um i think that lake can definitely handle i think that lake is more built for smallmouth than it is for largemouth no question yeah Yeah. so it's a fishery i'm excited to see that continue to take off and evolve it's interesting that they started letting us weigh them in tournaments like it's interesting how and it's kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Because I want those lakes to keep keep going on, but it's like Green Lake and Spicer, like the catch and release things, what made that lake what it was, and yeah. then you open it up to tournaments and maybe a few other things, and um, yeah, I, now you see what we have today. Yeah. You know, and I noticed that on Woman Lake, too. It was sure. not, when I started up there, I mean, it was a lot better than what it is now. It's still a fantastic fishery, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you put 
tournaments and pre-fishing and all that stuff, you're going to kill some fish and you're going to move some. You're going to take them off the beds and you're going to ruin the bed, you know. So it's just uh, uh, the way life is, I guess. Right, right, right. But I, another, another really phenomenal fishery is uh, Green Bay, Sturgeon yeah. Bay. And that's... Uh, unbelievable it is an unbelievable fishery and uh, i kind of got away from that now too just because of the covid and and uh well i can catch them in leech and woman why do i want to drive eight hours it's a long ways yeah 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 so i've been sticking more at home and makes sense yeah i mean it's crazy like i felt like i was a really good smallmouth fisherman and then i went to sturgeon bay and i realized like it, it seems like those and then you start to see that it was like i saw that on sturgeon bay and then you kind of start to see it more on our lakes now that they're getting more pressure and it, so it's like all those fish are probably still in there that them smallmouth they just i think get conditioned you know and pressure yeah. pressure does affect them yeah but i i want to get back to the wiggle wart thing a little bit because <laughs> uh sorry add this will happen mark um <laughs> but so wiggle wart did you develop so much confidence in that technique that it almost became a double-edged sword where like, you know what I mean? Like where you have that lure that, that is just, you've won so much money off of boats and it is that tool that you almost keep in your hand too long. Like I asked you how many tournaments you won on it, but how many tournaments, I guess out of my own curiosity, have you died on it? So to speak. Oh, uh, I can't think of any really. <laughs> so you change, you'll change it yeah. up if it ain't yeah. working. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know that that wiggle wart uh, was. We could go. We don't. We would not care if somebody was fishing a spot. We'd go behind them and we'd catch them. Right with that wiggle wart. They weren't because do- they weren't doing that. They weren't doing that. But we we didn't care. I mean, even if they were trying to do it, they weren't doing that. that. Yeah. And uh, I I can remember one tournament, and we had big tournaments on Minnetonka, like 120 boats. And I know Shane and I were like boat 118 one time going out. And it was a big tournament, you know. Well, we won it, um, and we could go behind anybody. We actually were catching three-and-a-half-pounders, and we called a boat over saying, there's three-and-a-half-pounders here. We're gonna, we got to go find four-pounders. <laughs> That's nice of you. <laughs> and they went in to catch them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we won that tournament. That's crazy. Know? Yeah. We've, oh, I mean, it's it's phenomenal what that bait did. I mean, yeah. it just, you could catch 100 fish a day. Why doesn't it do that? Like, is why why doesn't that happen anymore, I guess? What do you think? You taught too many people how to do it, or...? I don't think many people are doing it actually um, out there now. It's uh, more. I don't throw a crankbait. I mean, it's so. more coontail now. I think than yeah. it than it's. Uh, I don't think the. I've been on like Minnetonka before and said I'm Mark Ravlin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I've no. tried to do it, but it's yeah. like you can't three and out yeah. with that thing. You got to yeah. keep it in your hand and really. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, Shane and Mason still fish Minnetonka, not. A, as much as we did, but off off and on, they still have tournaments out there and stuff. And they're catching them more on Carolina rigs and jagworms and that type of thing than the, the wart. And I don't know if it's the weed set up. 
Do you I, think I, it? The, I know it's. It, I know it's because the schools used to be a lot bigger. See, that's what I was going to say. Do you think the schools and the weed combo is not like it used to be? Exactly. Okay. I mean, we used to catch. We never. Well, we didn't have spot locks, so the boat would move. Yeah. Right. But we'd catch thirty or forty or fifty in one spot. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, them schools, I think now you have high school tournaments, guide fishing tri- tournaments. Yeah. Well, you that's have... why. That's why I left Minnetonka. Yeah. I mean, there was just too many people there every day. I mean, I used to go out and used to see maybe five, six boats, and then uh, toward the end of it, I, th- I thought. Nobody must work because <laughs> everybody was out fishing all the time. I mean, there'd be the, 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 the launches would be full at 8 o'clock. Hey, guys, Gaff with Waypoint English Supply here. Just wanted to highlight the fact that we have the big bass resource right here. Obviously, everybody in Minnesota knows about Kytex and the littler swim baits like these bait labs here. But we're here to have the big baits here in the store. We got Huddleston's, we've got the dangerous swim baits, the jointed claw glide baits, and the bull shooter glide baits, but it's not only the baits. We've got big rods, big reels, big line, and all that good stuff for you guys to go ahead and chase your biggest fish of your life. So swing on into Waypoint English Supply and get hooked up with the biggest tackle around. This episode is brought to you by Just North of Memphis Barbecue. This is world champion barbecue. If you smoke meat and you don't like good barbecue, I do not know what to tell you right now besides you need to try some of this stuff. They've got their rub. They've got their sauces right on their website. They've got their famous dry rub award-winning seasoning that you can put on ribs, brisket, pulled pork, chicken, wings, anything you like to put on the smoker, on the oven, on the grill. Any meat you like to cook, you need some of this dry rub seasoning in your life. But don't forget the sauce because that's award-winning world champion sauce here. No matter what flavor you like, they've got three different sauces and they are all good. You can drink them straight out the bottle. We've got Sweet Christie's for all you sweet loving barbecue folk. We've got Christie's Mischief for all you spicy bass anglers out there. And then we've got Christie's Gold. And they'll sell all three of them in a combo. But you need to go to their website right now. It's jnomemphis.com. That's jnomemphis.com. Dry rub, sauce, barbecue. Let's go! In the morning. (laughs) That's crazy. So I finally said... I. You know, I, there's no need, there's no reason for me to stick around there anymore. Right, right. I came up to better water, so. Well, the the milfoil is not the same yeah. with them spraying it, and you've got coontail that's really taken over, and I don't think you can rip a crank through yeah, coontail you, as well. Yep. You have to stay on top of that coontail more. Yep. There's nothing underneath it, so to speak, so you yep. have to be on top of it. So that probably makes, you could probably still get that bite going, just maybe not as often. Yeah. And then them schools, I think, are there. It's just, you've got Tom, Dick, Harry, John, and Joe. Breaking them up all the time. Everybody knows about them. The maps are better. The side <laughs> imaging is better. The active target's there. Everybody yeah. knows where everything is. Yeah. Now it's literally a game of how do you catch yeah. four or five instead of one or two, yeah. and one of them's a big, big one. one. Yeah. Like, that's the game yeah. now. And if you really... 
if the wind's right and there's clouds and weather coming in, like you can still have that happen, yeah. Yeah. but it's not, it doesn't seem like it's as often. And I think it's yeah. because there's more of us trying to do more things and, and fish just getting, it's more like a Southern fishery yeah. now. Yeah. Well, Shane, I used to put the trolling motor down and just go, we'd work off, we'd line forever. We'd learn every little tip and every Love inside that. turn because <laughs> we didn't have the maps. So we didn't have electronics to show us that. I used to work downtown Minneapolis for uh, 18 years. And when Shane got old enough, and this was like 13, 14, <laughs> I would drop him off at, at uh, in the morning, go to work, come back in the evening and pick him up. He'd spend all day on Minnetonka fishing. Man. Yeah. That is what the a life, most huh? dad move I've ever heard. <laughs> like that's an all-star dad move right oh, there. Man. Wow. Well, he, you know, it was, it was all him. Cause he, he was so, well, into, he loved it. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll be honest, Mark. I never got to fish against you really in your prime, but I, I will say to this day that your son Shane Rattling is probably the best fisherman that I've fished against, besides maybe Seth Fighter, and that's all a, yeah, no, a toss-up. Uh, but all the respect yeah, in the world. Yeah, no, he's a A one fisherman. There's no doubt about it. Well, that's to me what's really cool about like I feel like when I fish with good fishermen, I fish with Dean, I fish with guys like Nick Gross, guys like Tony Hatton. That it, when you have to fish behind somebody who's really good. You have to figure out how to catch them. And yeah. and my theory or my like thought process with Shane having to fish behind you, and now Shane's a big jig warmer, weird. You were throwing probably a crankbait up front and yeah. whooping them, and he wanted to maybe figure out something else yeah. that he could compliment you with so you could win more money yeah. and win more tournaments. Sure. He's got that dog in him. But, I mean, and it's probably turned into – it probably started with you teaching him things and then – he probably was able to teach you a lot of things oh, too. We actually grew up together learning how to bass fish. That's so cool. You know, and, yep. and there's no question he is dominates uh his sport. He's really and, good at and, it. Yeah, no question. And he enjoys it, but he's got uh, some little some young women that are into volleyball and he takes them all over the country now and and uh, to all these tournaments, and uh, it's a full-time job doing that. I wonder who's more competitive at those tournaments, him or them, but <laughs> I bet that's if they're spawn of him, they got that yeah, dog yeah, in them too. Yeah, for sure. Huh. That's so cool. And so that's kind of how it evolved then was Shane and you fished, and then you would also fish Pro-Am stuff uh, as well. So you two sure. would fish as a team, and then yes. you'd fish Pro-Ams? Yeah, cool yeah and uh and you know the shelby's uh that was an individual competition and uh it seemed like shane and i were always in the top five after two days yeah well um we we were using the same fish i mean we knew we all the spots we could only catch so many pounds sure and uh and that's why we well well we did really well but uh, we should have won it almost every time. If one guy would have been fishing it, it would have been lights out. So it you, would have been lights out. Did you guys like say this is what we have and the best man wins, or did you guys work together? Well, and, we like, try yeah, to make yeah. that efficient. No, we we definitely worked together. Yeah, 
But, uh, you know, I remember one uh, Shelby tournament is uh, I came into a, s- a spot that was supposed to be mine. And who was sitting there? Shane. <laughs> and he had, he had his bag full. <laughs> you know, so what do you do, you know? Right, but, uh, uh, right. You know, well, that's what happens when you have – I'm sure Dean and uh, – and Ted had the same Ted, situation. Yeah. You know. yeah, I remember Dean telling me a few stories about that, but it was like... <laughs> and Ted, Ted would pre-fish the day before and hit every spot <laughs> just to make sure they were there. <laughs> that, to me, is a, a really cool kind of... You've got, to me, the most probably famous bass fishing families in the state of Minnesota, besides the lenders maybe, from a TV standpoint, but from a tournament fishing standpoint, is the Ravelings and the Capras. Yep. And I know you guys kind of joined forces at one point, but there was always a little bit of rivalry between oh, those boy. two families. Time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was. And uh, and I could still remember one tournament that uh, uh, Shane and I were fishing right outside the Narrows and uh, using the wiggle wart, and we were catching them. And, and uh, <laughs> Ted and Dean were island through the channel there, and uh, we were netting one or whatever. And another one, the bait was uh, laying on top of the water, and one grabbed it, and so we had a double right there. And they were just they were within like fifteen feet of the whole thing. It was comical. It was hilarious. We just giggled about it. So this was so you guys so you guys had the wart, and that was like your did. How long did it take before the cappers had the war? Like, how long did you guys have it and the cappers didn't have it? Well, uh, there again, it was all on how you threw it. Correct. So there was probably an in-between phase where they were doing it, but they weren't doing it right, maybe. Well, I don't know if they ever did it right. I got you. So that's something you guys kept on the Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, people would see us, what we're doing, and it, it was hard to duplicate because it'd wear you out in no time. Sure, sure. But, but yeah. did they know that you were throwing the wiggle wart? Oh, yeah. They did. Well, for sure. Dean and Ted have as many wiggle warts as we do. <laughs> <laughs> they owned a tackle shop. I bet they probably maybe even had yeah. more, but they probably weren't the right ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they, they, were. they had the right ones. So that was a rivalry then. Yeah. Was there any, like, when did that join forces, or when did you guys – how long were you guys kind of going at it before you're like, Hey, you know, if we just like start sharing information, or, it, yeah. we could just probably all win. Yeah. You know? Well, it was, we became better. We became really good friends Sure. over the years. And we said, well, why not just team up and we'll split the money and, you know, we'll do our thing and kind of tell you what we're doing. We won't share spots or anything. And they, they did the same thing. And, and, uh, but it was always hard uh, to win a boat and give it half of it to Dean and Ted. That is hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> so did you take a chainsaw down the middle or like long way? It all worked way? out. Yeah, it all worked sure. out. So, huh? Were you guys, a f- so that to me is, it wasn't in the rules. A to me, that's a very resourceful thing to do. Sure. Were you guys the first to do that? Uh, no, no. no. I was curious. always curious about that. No. You guys were just the first to do it really good. Yeah, well, we were kind of on the top of everything. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, 
you know, we could, we both could bring in really big bags and they, they were doing their thing. Not, they were throwing a jig, you know, yep. flipping and we were throwing a, a wiggle wart. We beat them almost every time. But <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. It I was about a toss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it seemed like, you know, one, if they wanted to jig, they did very well. If, if there was a crankbait bite yeah. to be had, there, there's no question who was going to yeah. take that down yeah. from what I've heard anyway. But did you guys, I mean, how powerful was that to me? Like working as a team with a good teammate? Cause you see pros doing that now yeah. rooming with the right people and yeah. you have to, I mean, you're at, when you're competing, like you have to, those are the rules. And as long as you're being ethical, I mean, yeah, those are the rules. Yeah, and you know the key was is that we became very good friends. Right. You know, uh, we'd stay at their house, they'd stay at our house, we'd party together, we'd have them over, you know, that type of thing. And you know, they were top notch people, yeah. and uh, and uh, I think we were too. So it worked out just great. Absolutely, that's so cool. Well, there's a lot to say about partners. It's it's tough to find the right partners and to stick with the partners. You know, you know, I know, you know. It's hard I mean, to find nowadays. It's hard to find that good partner. Yeah. It really is, I mean, or partners. You know, however you want to look at it. But Jay Carlson is one guy you you and him did really well, and he's a hell of an angler too, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he yeah, got, he, he's really good with like he's told. I've talked to him about DTs and like waiting yeah. DTs and stuff. He was a master at that. It blows. It, he just talked to me about it for ten minutes and blew my mind. I'm like, yeah, dang. Yeah, I mean, he. I'd be in the boat with him, and he'd be throwing that DT, and he'd be catching them every cast. And it was because they were weighted, and they were. He almost used something like a jig, where he'd pull along the bottom, and he'd have them suspended just perfect. Huh. He'd catch fish year round. Yeah, all the time. And the other thing he was great at was that frog. I mean, he, he was a master to too. Yeah, he was yeah. a master at that. Huh? What to like? I always thought a frog was the simplest bait to throw, and then you fish with like a good frog angler, and it's like, man. Yeah, yeah, that's there, amazing. It's it's uh, there's some add-ons that you have to. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like there's a, this hot girl at the other end of the bar, and every guy wants to talk to her, and you got to figure out. Yeah. Yeah, that's frog fishing. Yeah. Yeah. That's still one of my you favorite things it right. to do, though. Let's sit there long enough. Not in a tournament, but to grab my waders. You know, where I live, there's lots of lots you of spots around. I can sneak around and go beat them up with yeah. a frog. There's nothing better. When they're going, right. when you cast three hours and don't catch anything, it's time to go home. Well, what the hell did they have? They have it up. in the eighties. What they have for a frog? The snag, uh, the the scum frog. No. Scum, scum frog, scum that's frog. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. that light ass little thing yep. you yeah. couldn't even cast that doesn't walk well he he had that all figured out too he'd shove beads in it yeah oh he get it to walk perfect the I glass bet. you know glass, glass beads, beads. Yep. and that's um uh when when i caught the state record uh he had been fishing a lake and he was been catching big fish seven pounders he said sure you gotta go you know he's talked yeah. me into going i was supposed to be landscaping or something and there was it was late in the fall big front coming in it was like 90 degrees out and uh the everything the the, the everything was just right yeah 
right before front, fish were active. He was throwing a frog up in the lily pads, and I was kind of throwing a buzzer out away from everything. And this giant just came out of the water and dove right down on top of it. Caught it on a buzz bait? Yeah. Double buzz by Rapala. <laughs> Crazy. State record on a buzz bait? Yeah. oof And, uh, you know, I was using heavy stuff because yep. it was a buzzer and just basically reeled him right in and... Jay grabbed him out of the water and he goes, God, it's a state record. He goes, I got nine. He threw it, threw it in the live well and uh, kept casting, you know. I thought, I better look at that. <laughs> so I opened the live well and fell around. I said, that could be a state record. And so we uh, phoned uh, that place in Victoria. Um, that's where we waited in. Sure. And uh, they had a certified scale. And we talked to Shane. He says, well, you better get in there and get it weighed, you know. Like weigh that thing. Yeah. So that was uh, a highlight. I felt yeah. uh, kind of relieved uh, that uh, my career had kind of gone as far as it possibly good, could. Sure. But it didn't. I mean, I accomplished a lot more after that. But uh, it was something I really, everybody wants to do. Oh, and it's been 18 years now, I think. Sure. 17, anyway. Dang. Double buzz, a black one, too, huh? No, no. Black, white. white. It was <laughs> a white one. Yeah. yeah, it's two colors and a buzz bait. But there's yeah. something to say about the, in the fall when everything's white, right and those yeah. front come. You you got to be on your big fish stuff. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it can happen. Well, yeah. the proofs. That is so yeah. cool. I mean, that's like a. You had no expectation. You weren't chasing that fish. You uh, just heard there's big ones in this lake. And yeah. Jay Carlson probably hooked so many fish out of them, them that slop or whatever, and <laughs> big ones squirted out. And yep. yeah, wow. How yeah. long was it? Long? Like was it? It a was long uh, fish? 24 inches, and it was like, if I remember right, it was like 18 or 18. To 19 inches that's a built a well-built fish yeah man and so that was eight pounds 15 ounces yep they didn't have digital then okay (laughs) the old meat scale (laughs) yeah exactly i like it so how many has anybody come close do you know or i i hear stories all the time if it's broken i suppose i hear stories all the time that we broke the state record while weighed in you know yeah and uh, it's not well. It's been eighteen years, so we've got you know we've had high sevens up where I am. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. High sevens. Yeah. Yep. But as, as far as over eight, I. Yeah. I mean, I really thought well, I netted it's, one. Yeah, that's, over eight. That's true. Eight and a quarter yeah. on that same leg. Yeah, that's true. Uh, All right. Yep. Yeah, I well, set I the think... hook on it, missed it. I'm like, Dane sets the hook on it, misses it. Dane's little brother who doesn't bass fish much he's in crutches he hadn't caught a bass all day this is towards the end of the day full moon front's coming in on the, on the juice we're like hey Drew pitch in there yeah wow he pitches in there I'd been we, sick it was 20 and a half inches only eight and oh, a quarter wow. just wow. a box car oh, a freak wow. of a fish but yeah. I mean I can't imagine throw another pound on 13 there. yeah 
Like they're I, in there. Do you do you think it'll get broken? Oh, I, guess. I mean, it's got to, right? I would have thought it would have been broken a long time ago. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I just I, I'm I'm amazed it's not been yeah. broken. I mean, nine pounds is a big yeah. fish, though. You th- really really think of the number? Go nine pounds. Yeah, that's in Minnesota. Yeah. That's crazy. My biggest fish ever <laughs> is nine and a quarter, and that was in Florida. Florida. Right? <clears throat> and that was a giant in Florida yeah. for me, anyway. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it'd be cool to see. You know, maybe someday. Who knows? Right, right. Yeah. Well, Dean would always uh, say, you know, I'd be in Texas and uh, say, well, I, 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 I caught a couple eight-pounders, you know, and Dean goes, well, you can catch them up. Here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Does Dean ever go down to see you? He has, and he's, I'm sure he will now sure. that he's uh, getting out of the store and stuff. I'm, I'm guessing he will because he wants, he wants to get in that redfish stuff too, so redfish are fun oh boy they got snook too down there yeah snook are fun yeah yeah drum the black drum they got drum up here yeah well they're not quite the same <laughs> no some of those black drums uh we've they're 40 to 55 pounds and it's like reeling in a volkswagen it takes quite a while too you know? i bet i bet so you, like how do you fish for a lot of uh, fishing well um, in one area where the water's clear, clear, uh, we use uh, spooks and swim baits and the normal type stuff that we use for bass. Uh, it's like in the dirty water, we throw more like a Carolina rig almost. Sure. And it's got shrimp on it or a cut bait. And, uh, but it's all shallow water. The boat's hardly ever over five feet of water really and it's such a fishery down there so healthy so, so where in the gulf is this because i i've been to spring break in padre which doesn't really well that's it, that's right. where uh the top water stuff is and got that, my rod on spring break <laughs> god dang it and 100 miles north of there is uh, a town called rockport mm-hmm. and that's uh is i think by far one of the best places it, for redfish and and black drum and all that stuff it's just phenomenal so like falcon and it's that... and it's flats fishing it's not we don't go out in the gulf sure it's all the inland stuff right yeah inland miles and miles and miles of it right because you got like them jetties then you got yeah. backwaters with brackish kind of yeah. stuff and the tide is a big thing right? yeah it is yep would you how'd you kind of learn that when you or maybe you didn't well i've been using a guide yeah yeah and uh probably knows it well yeah and uh both of the one in, in uh, south padre is a gal that uh has uh, been a captain uh she's probably 35 or so she's been a captain most of her life taking people out guiding and stuff and she knows her stuff about redfish and salt water <laughs> and the guy that we've used at rockport he used to be a biologist Work for the state, sure, doing all that stuff. So he learned a lot when he worked for them, and now he's a full time guide, sure. And he's the one making the boats, okay, just yeah, started, yeah, yeah. Just started making flat boats, and they're they're really unique. And uh, he's got a he's got a winner there, good for him. That's sweet, yeah. And that's like so, just out of my own curiosity, Falcon is on the Mexican border, and I don't know if you're on Falcon, but the 
it used to be world renowned and now you it's probably still good it's just very seasonal like peak season and stuff is there a peak season to fish falcon still well um not lately really <laughs> yeah it's uh they've had some uh, summer kills uh with the water being so low and the water getting so hot and there's been diseases uh, that are killing killed a lot of the big bass sure and it's 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 45 feet down or it's like 16 percent full so it's basically the real grand river is what you're seeing and uh and uh, there's there's uh, been a not very good uh hatches lately there's no place for them to hide sure the lake is plumb full of other fish um catfish uh white bass you know alligator gar that are 200 pounds and so you know everything's eating everything and uh you know it's it's the bass have not done good the last two or three years i got you you gotta have another 25 feet of water so it gets back up in the trees and the bushes and stuff so that those fry can sure can uh, be protected and stuff so well, then are a lot of the genes gone then with the big fish um, dying or no or don't you know no i think uh, you know i think there's still a, a few um you know the genetics are still there yeah uh the fish just aren't growing because something's eating them eating them yeah i think what he's trying to say is we have a border crisis <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna put that tube down the middle of it now <laughs> No, we border crisis. You know, we go over to Mexico and fish that side quite a bit. Uh, the last two or three years, we've been kind of run off all the time because of they they uh, think it's more theirs, and so they've been. Uh, They'll run you off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, guys, that was guys with next I was, I was. I kind of wanted to ask. I wanted to hear some cartel <laughs> shit. Well, like, yeah, guys with machine guns in the boat. And, they ask you to leave you're gonna leave holy crap you think yeah, yeah i'm out yeah yeah i signed up for bass fishing not machine guns <laughs> here like so, whoa so it's really not worth even going over in the mexico side anymore dude that sounds dangerous yeah. as hell like you know it is i mean if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time you can get shot get your boat stolen like yeah jesus they look pretty good in a 80 or hundred thousand dollar boat oh, i they? bet they do <laughs> hmm yeah, you're just a gringo to them uh, down there, you know. They like, don't want you there either. No. So, so wow. So, because when did you move down there? Oh, it's been uh, eight years now, I think. Eight years. Because I know yeah. you'd hear rumors about like Amistad, Amistad Falcon, like, hey, be careful crossing it. Like, they'll steal your, like, they got jet skis. And they'll like surround your boat and like, they'll mess with yeah. you. I don't know. Do you have any crazy besides machine guns? Like, no, it's, you know, I mean, it's just uh, guys um, that are in normal fishing boats coming up and saying, well, you know, get out and they show you the gun and stuff. And, well, you, you're going to leave. Just because you're fishing. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you, it, do you think the fishing's better on that side because of that? Like some Red Lake oh, reservations? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, are they, like... Well, they're keeping them bass themselves, like type of thing. Well, they net, uh, you know, so they and they don't care what they net. I mean, everything. So it's uh, that keeps everything in check, you know. So the Mexico side people used to go over there all the time, 
because it was better fishing over there, especially in the spring because they had some huge spawning Plus, bays. Yeah. <laughs> and so all the fish would go over there. Um, well, they mostly dried up now because of the low water. So um, and that's hurting everything. But hmm. Falcon just is not as good as what it was 10, 12 years ago, not even close, 15 years ago. Well, and I've heard really good things about like the Texas, how Texas manages their fish, but being that it's on the border and you have that other dynamic to it, it yeah. probably, they probably are more invested inland. Is that, is that kind of true without trying well, to be politically correct about uh, it? I, I think it's the water level and, sure. that, and it's the, the disease that came through and killed a lot of the big fish. That's two main reasons. Is all of Texas seeing that water level drop? And it, because I'm, I'm just trying to factor that yeah. in, like, you know. Well, Amistad did. Amistad and yeah. anything and, on that river. And that's but. not nearly as good as what it used to be either. Right, right. Um, and, and a lot of the inland uh, uh, dams and stuff, they're shallow too. I mean, there's there's been a big drought going on down sure. there. So sure. it's affected everybody. But like that ivy. Which ivy, yeah. Holy crap pumping them out yeah it's number one lake i believe yeah, crazy. yeah i mean you've got guys who've who've essentially figured out a wiggle wart except it's live scope and something else and, yeah. and understanding like how big the yeah. fish is on the live scope oh that's a it's a three pounder that's yeah. nope oh that's it's probably 12 and a quarter 12 and a half jim we'll i can tell by the that. tail <laughs> yeah we'll pitch it this one for a while and like and there's yeah and it's not everybody that goes down there is catching them either because no. the lake is packed with boats right it's just a few guys that have got it figured out and it's good for them right yep they're putting them big big records together well, I mean, it's one of those things where I respect anglers like Mark, like because the best anglers that we've always watched have kind of developed something or something magical that yeah. has propelled their career. Yeah. Jim Moynan with the football jig, Mark Rabbling with with the wiggle wart, KVD with power fishing, Rick Klum, blah 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 blah, yeah. and time on the water. Like you, nobody can do it like this guy does it. And Shane has found his own way, you yeah. know, just like you yeah. found and. To me, that's what's so cool about everybody I've talked to on this podcast is nobody's telling me the same thing. Everybody's doing something different, but generally it, there's something behind it that's confidence, that's you know yeah. all those other things yeah. that people seem to have in common. But the willingness to adapt and stuff with that wiggle wart, it, was there a certain weather you needed where you would or wouldn't throw it? Hmm. <laughs> no. no, we'd throw it all the time. I love that. Didn't matter. Sunny, calm, post front. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. They were this is crazy. They were tuned into it because they were so. The schools were so competitive. Sure. And uh, once you fire that thing over their head, then you just turn turn on the whole school. Well, and I suppose did you feel like you could like your time on the water when you're practicing, you could cover water obviously no more question. efficiently than a guy who has to flip all that yeah. milfoil. Yeah. You just went. Shh. Yeah. So did your practicing become less because you had that no. dialed in? You still practice like you would. Yeah. I mean, we were out there. Yeah. We were out there all day long, as many days as we possibly could. So uh, we spent a lot of time on 
Minnetonka. And when we went to a different lake, we'd always go two weeks ahead of time. Sure. We'd fish it for two or three days, and then we'd go home, and hopefully they would be there when we got when the tournament came about. And the odds were usually pretty good that they would be there. So you'd go way early. Yeah. So nobody would see us. And... Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Kind of hard to do that nowadays. <laughs> right, right. Well, that magwort's a big, that's a big bait. And the wigglewort is kind of a small bait. Was there, how'd you know when to reach for one or the other? It, there was no question. It was always the mag. Always reach for the mag? Yeah. I mean, we. You didn't throw a wiggle much then, or did you? No. No. No, it was always the magwort. The wiggle was your decoy that you'd put on the front deck at the <laughs> beginning of the tournament? We didn't even do that. Yeah. It wouldn't matter. We'd put the, yeah, the magwort out. Yeah. We wouldn't wrap it or anything, sure. you know. Yep. Oh, you, was, oh, you you wouldn't. You, no, you, it was there and people could see it. You bet. They didn't care. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Like you could, like you can throw the same bait and I'm still kick your ass. Like how good is that feeling? Yeah. Yeah. That's how. I mean, when you have that key to a lake, yeah. or, you know, there's little yeah. things that just. It's like a fish or a light switch, and you can if you can figure out how to. How to turn that light switch yeah. better than somebody else. That's sweet. Yeah. So that's crazy. Tournaments, you obviously noticed I brought uh one of your old AMs uh from yeah. a few of your tournaments here who I guess we haven't got into this yet. So I call him Uncle Dino. He's Dino Lesney, and he flies under the radar, kinda like Mark Radling. But <laughs> when I was a young buck learning how to bass fish, um I'll never forget some of the awesome old stories and memories yeah. I had fishing with Dean um, on a number of different lakes, but um, fishing out of the back of Dean's boat, I learned so much, and it was just a great experience and time, and it was so cool. I got to fish out of the back of his boat, learn things, and hopefully I taught him some things over the years too, uh, but hearing about the Silverado days when he was fishing the Silverados yeah. as an am and getting drawn with Mark Rabbling and, and uh, just some of those old tournament stories that were before my time, I think I enjoy those more more than anything because it's just such a cool – it was such a pure time to be fishing, yeah. and this, it was very – it was kind of like the 60s and 70s for music was kind of like the <laughs> 80s and 90s for tournament yeah. fishing, yeah. if you yeah. will. It You're was absolutely a, right. It was very experimental and very, yeah. like, evolutionary time, and now it's, like, top 40, like, you got – lures and songs like they're nothing right and back then it was like wiggle ward or rap like everything was very so i have both of you in one garage right now and i'll be honest that's pretty cool to me because when did tournament fishing kind of the big tournament stuff start like for you, it, I've heard about these Shelbys. I've heard about these Silverados. I've heard about Erwin Jacobs pioneering the Shelbys into FLW, but I wasn't there, so I don't understand. Like, there needs to be like a history book written on it, and maybe we're just recording it. But well, you know, so when I was Mark was fishing the Shelbys when I was looking in the newspaper. Sure, they actually had Shelby was on Channel Four. Don? Don. Well, he actually got Channel 4 to do, I believe it was a half-hour show of each of the Shelbys. Okay. So that was all you got. Outdoor news would run a little, believe, you know, you didn't have a lot to, we don't know social media or anything like that. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. The Star Tribune. internet. No, Star Tribune might have a little paragraph. 
Right. Well, then I grew up on Clearwater. So Clearwater had a lot of bass tournaments. You know, so then yeah. I, you know, Billy Hildebrandt, Raveling, Gary Lake, Bolig, Mark Fisher. That's how I knew those guys fished Clearwater. So then I seen them on TV. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, man, that'd be <laughs> cool to do that. You know, I was a kid yet when all this was going on. Yeah. Well, then the Silverado popped up and I was like, you just got to be an amateur. Right. Just sign up. I was like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So like, that, that was, was my thought. I think too. 96, 97 was my first. Yep. year i didn't do so good while well, i was nervous you know there's a hundred boats and bass boats and i mean it's just uh, tv coverage i mean it's crazy it I, was it was crazy i'm for a still nervous guy. for every tournament well i get i get nervous oh too. i'm yeah but but then you Shaking. get into that the tournament deal and you know the blast and the takeoff and the, all that it's just you know and it was a night before dinner i mean it was just crazy yeah it's it was just like it was the minnetonka boat works and Irwin yeah, jacobs yeah through Lots of money oh, at it. Yeah. And had people, you know, dedicated to making it work. Yeah. And uh, it, nobody else was doing it no. besides Bass right. in the country. And no. he was competing against those no. guys. Yeah, because it was 100 boats. It was, yeah. it was 100 boats. And, of course, you know, that's how I got to meet Todd Bissett. And that's how I got to meet a couple other guys because then we got to room together. So we had our amateur core group just like the pros did. We yep. hung out, we roomed together, we talked about, oh, it'd be nice to get this guy or this guy, you know, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then some of these guys I got to meet and know, and next thing you know, you're pre-fishing with them. Right. You right. know, John Lobb from Frankie's, I got to know him really well. I mean, <laughs> it, heard it was- Heard some stories about it, that yeah, guy. you know, and I, I think that's, I think I did the Silverado until it's kind of fell apart, and I think John took over and did a Minnesota Pro, whatever it was. Yeah. So I think I did it, I don't know, 10 years maybe total. Sure. It was great. Yeah. yeah, learned a lot of stuff and met a lot of cool dudes, and you know it was it. And for that time, there was nothing like it. Well, and the prize money, oh geez, was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were giving trucks and boats yeah. away, and yeah. you know, paying out fifteen. Right. You know? yeah. I mean, and and I think some of the you know the amateurs we were winning. I think when I took second, it was twenty eight hundred bucks. You know, I won three thousand yeah. the other year. I took second. Yeah. Wow, payouts didn't change at all from ninety six to twenty. Jeez, <laughs> they probably went down. I bet the entry went up. But yeah. then, but the prizes. You know, we had the awards deal, and they had all these prizes. And yeah. you got dinners. I mean, it was it was it was basically a two day deal. I mean, it was yeah. really cool. It was only a one day tournament. Right. But I mean, I'm glad I did it, and I don't think you'll ever see anything like that again. I remember the banquets I used to oh, hand God. out. Uh, 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 Prince. Yes. From, yep. uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Wild Wings. Wild Wings. Uh, yeah. Remember the thousand, I think it was a thousand yard spools of Berkeley line? People, <laughs> they were handing them out just like popcorn here. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. It, was, it was huge back then. Yep. I mean, yep. and Minnetonka and, uh, about works and Erwin yep. Jacobs grew it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. To become the FLW. So. Yep. The beginning of the crack epidemic. Nope. That's what fishermen are. We're crack. <laughs> like that, to me, the how fishing is is kind of like crack. It, I mean, that's, it evolved in a similar way. Yeah. That's how I get hooked. But Irwin, to me, I don't think he gets the appreciation for truly what he did for the sport. Because um, I've heard multiple people talk about him that way. The people who knew him, the people who went through kind of that phase Evolution. of the sport. Yeah. It's like, hey, without Irwin, like our sport would not be as big as it is as it is today i totally agree with that that's and and that's i mean that's pretty cool coming from a you know 
a dark suit, so to speak, yeah. you know, yeah. a corporate America. So that's, I, I think I remember hearing a story about him fishing with Teddy and that was kind of like the, I want to hear some Teddy stories because he's quite the character. I mean, he's, uh, he's now passed, but I mean, there's not a lot of people where at their funeral, it, the casket gets hauled away in a bass, bass boat. boat. And yeah. to me that, I mean, no matter what you think about anybody, to me that that's a, that's a bass fisherman right yeah. there. Is that, is that your plan or if someday <laughs> I'm not going to die. For I love day. it with advances <laughs> in modern science. I mean, it's going to be at least another no, 150 years. Boy, what a way to go, huh? That was a way to yeah. go. Yeah. And, and that actually made the news too. It yeah. should have. Yep. It, it, was, it was a cool deal. It should have. I, I want to be cremated in a bass boat someday or something yeah. like, yeah, no, that's how I want to yeah. die. I want to die. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, like my ashes on the uh, throne in Lake Minnetonka or something. Yeah, dude, That'd be something cool. sweet. Yeah, but like a guy like Ted Capra, I mean, I've heard some wild stories. He's quite the character, and and he had a lot of influence on people. And I've heard the same about you. I think you were just a little bit quieter mm -hmm. overall. Uh, maybe he was just a little bit more outspoken. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, he was able to talk uh he he could wiggle any piece of information out of anybody and you wouldn't know it that's what i hear you know i mean he'd he'd start asking questions and then, and then finally you would uh spill something out and you'd know oh my god i said something i shouldn't right. have you know or the other thing that he was real key at was well take me out show me so you you'd take him out show him the spot what are you doing where it was at He'd have it all dialed in. <laughs> all the all the cappers were like that, though. They they could really get information out of anybody. <laughs> they were wizards at that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I guess you've you've gotten to raise, you've gotten a B, and you've gotten to know a lot of great tournament anglers. And I guess I, I'm always curious about this. What do you think makes a great tournament angler? There's a lot of different attributes, but there's yeah. maybe some commonalities you've seen yeah. between all of them. Well, I'd, I'd probably say time on the water. I mean, uh, if you could do one thing, it's, it's uh, being out there with them. And, uh, you know, trying different stuff, what works for you, um, probably won't work for anybody else. Sure. So you, th so you think, because you think those guys just spent more time on the water, that's it. More days on the water. There's nobody else that spent the same amount of time on the water trying yeah. to be as good as. Well, it's how efficient you are on the water too. Correct. You know, right. um. You know, some people, uh, uh, you know, fish tournaments for 20 years and never won one or never did very well in them. You know, I mean, it's, it's some people just got it, you know. And it's it's not many guys. It's like 10% of the guys that are fishing tournaments. Yep. You know, well, get it. <laughs> there's that, to me, there's that, there's that like sixth sense. To me, there's yeah. this, some sort of mental decision making yeah. in the water. Well, decision making, yeah. knowing when to be where and why. Yeah. Um and Shane is somebody who I think is is always been somebody I've looked up to with that because I feel like that guy will see the wind switch and 
and immediately leave and go yeah. here and whack them. Like, so, yeah. but there's also a mental confidence to it, right? No and, question. And what, I, like, is that, is that something you train your, like, you can train yourself on? Like, was there things that you would tell yourself, like, mm. on how to be that way? Or do you think you're wired that way? And that's. Yeah, I think you're pretty much wired. You're wired that you way. You know, and it's, uh, you know, and it, and, and if you, if you're doing good, it just builds all more confidence in, in what you're doing. And, and that's just a step above everybody else. Momentum, I think, is probably yeah. the most powerful drug in yeah. any sport, whether it's hockey, yeah. whether it's fishing, yeah. whether it's golf. football, <laughs> golf. Yeah. I mean, you name it, um, yeah. that for sure, for sure. I think a lot of it, too, you know, everybody can get lucky and win one. Right. Right. But as far as stringing them together or as having as consistency winning 15 boats well there you right. go uh, i don't know right. if it was 15 or not but it was it was a i lot. heard it was more than that i think shane and dean said it was like 30 something well, well i know it wasn't that i think just the silverado i know you i thought it, i think two or three for sure yeah. and then i think you had that stretch where you won five or six and i think that yeah. would have probably been the, the classic right minotaur yeah. the classic if i i'm going back memories now yeah, no, that was uh, an amazing run, and you know, like, like we said earlier, if there was a boat to win, we would win it. That was like your yeah. That was your mega yeah yeah. That's cool. This... <laughs> Do you got? Would you guys fish for points, or would you guys fish to win every tournament and didn't no, care about we'd, points? Yeah, we'd fish to win. Yeah, all the time, you know, and we wouldn't fish to get a limit. We'd fish for big fish. Yep. Period. That's, That's all it. we did. All day. And if we didn't get it here, at least we tried. wouldn't win. Right. Yep. You know. So do you think that mentality has went by the wayside of going for the big ones only? Well, um, I know in Shane's mind, it has not. I mean, and Mason and, and Carter, I think, are are doing the same thing. Well, I think some guys, you know, there's a lot of guys that just tournament fish to tournament fish. Right. You know, we, we know people, everybody knows. But I think you have to have that killer, you know, if you're, if the if the prize is a styrofoam cup with first place spelled backwards and that's what you're fishing for, there's guys that want to win that. Yeah. Other guys are like, well, I'm just out here to fish. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I think is, is missing nowadays. And to me is probably, Mark highlighted it and I've had multiple phenomenal anglers also highlight it and he mentioned it earlier and i won't forget it and he said we just put the trolling motor down yeah and we would learn every inch of that weed line and we would learn and to me i i don't almost don't even want to say it out loud but to me that is what no one's doing anymore and to me that is how you can everybody sees the map everybody sees their act everybody knows (laughs) That's a point with a sharp drop on this side and a less sharp drop on this side. You know what I mean? Everybody knows that now. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it at that. I think that to me is the biggest thing that's different yeah. is everybody thinks they can just go do it quicker and hack it and cheat it mm-hmm. and but that be was... extra efficient. But what if you just put the trolling motor down? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best advice Doug Petrack ever gave me. Yeah. It's like, you want to learn something? You Put fish. the trolling motor yep. down. Yeah. Yep. And to me, time on the water, confidence. There's there's that sixth sense. Seth Fighter's got it. Yep. Shane's yep. got it. Yep. I mean, there's that something and and I feel like I'm 
maybe not that way where I'm, I, I gotta kind of really work for it, so to speak. I've never felt like I had that, that sixth sense, so to speak. So I'm always curious about, about that, you know, cause I, I respect it. But smallmouth, I do. Okay. (laughs) So smallmouth, you two won a smallmouth tournament together. And what's cool to me is they're my favorite fish to chase is a smallmouth hands down i mean they're there's... my favorite uh until a redfish but smallmouth are you can have phenomenal. your redfish i love them smallmouth <laughs> i'll get old and love redfish someday but yeah there you go Still, then i'm gonna love smallmouth <laughs> but we were talking about they're not being smallmouth and then they're smallmouth like yeah. that long lake tournament how many tournaments had you seen one on smallmouth before you two got paired up in the silverados and won long lake I don't think so because I think How many? I, I, honestly I don't think I think the first year of the Silverado was ninety six. I didn't fish it. I fished ninety seven, ninety eight, Mark and I fished ninety nine. I honestly don't th- It was always largemouth. Largemouth, Mark. I, I think yeah. Mark's right. I don't yeah. think there was any smallmouth. So you never weighed a smallmouth in a tournament maybe until well, you got I there. wouldn't say oh, never or, or yeah. you know, it was a random one. It was never yeah. targeting them, yeah. specializing in them. Yeah, I know it was almost hardly anybody caught smallmouth. No. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a different fish than a largemouth. Yeah. And to me what's cool about you guys winning that tournament and just that in general is there is I mean nobody knew how to fish there wasn't a book on how to catch a smallmouth back then was there or was there no because what i learned from him that day i took to malax that was before it got the shit kicked yeah. out of it and that chartreuse tube up on malax was a gold mine yeah. we, we beat the shit out of him yeah. with that. and i learned that from him yeah. so how did you learn how to smallmouth fish <laughs> like because yeah, we just talked about it. It no. didn't exist, so no. you just like yeah. oh, they're smallmouth, so well, they act the opposite of a largemouth. The the Ford Francis tournament must have been. Oh, going that's right. On. So you fished was, with Lumen, correct? Yeah. Remember? So yeah, I've yeah. been, you know, I've been fishing up in Canada. Sure. So that taught me smallmouth, but, um, you know, that was uh, Rennie Lake was really on fire for a long time, and that's kind of died off because the smelt. Uh, you know aren't aren't there anymore but they were really on fire and it was mike and i's kind of fishing again that we could fire up a school and just pound them you know Um, and that's kind of how i learned to fish smallmouth but the long lake tournament uh there again i mean it was a spring tournament if i remember it was cold too if i remember right (laughs) and i remember pre-fishing for that tournament and i found that spot and gary lake come came ripping up to me and he uh put his trolling motor down he goes what time you got (laughs) you know i thought that's kind of weird well you know it was noon or whatever and uh she started chit-chatting and started talking and and all of a sudden all right catch you later and he took off well he knew that spot was there and he was trying to draw me off of it, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, I got we got a better boat. We number. had boat ten because I checked my. I had a, I got a scrapbook of yeah, all my dude. tournaments and stuff. So when I checked it, it was yeah. boat ten we had. So we got her. So we <laughs> we got it. Yeah, and it was lights out. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, for for me as my you know I had fished silver out a couple of them, but to to stop and we beat the crap. I mean. 
I mean, it, and they were big. These weren't. It was hot. a ten-pound wind or something. Yeah, wasn't we it? had twenty-eight forty, and I think Bonham or, or Newman had nineteen sixty. Yeah, because I checked yeah. all the stats before I, because I was just. I remember it was almost ten pounds. Yeah. And old Hesse, we had decals. It was a trialine bag. Do you remember <laughs> those? And he goes, if that thing is up on the top of the decal, he's got, and Mark, I think, said, because I actually got it on tape, I think Mark said 24 pounds, and it was 28.40 with a four and a half kicker for big fish. Which was giant back then, because smallmouth were, like, you didn't have your woman leech mullet. No. Like, that didn't exist, so. No, that pretty much did it for me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Sure, man. Oh, that was cool. Well, and then to get paired with him again in 2003, that was the second day of the tournament champions, and we went and beat the shit out of them again on Tonka. That was fun. Well, and then we knew each other, so yeah. there's that no pressure. You know, I didn't yeah. feel nervous because I knew yeah. Mark, and Mark knew I could catch him. Not bragging, I'm just saying he knew I could yeah. fish. Yeah, and we went out there. And knew you the weren't shot. a hack. Anyway. No, no, exactly. Yeah. You show up with a Zebco <laughs> over your shoulder, and, you know. So yeah, that was fun. Was so you learned times. how to fish a tube a little bit. That, that first one. That that was the. Where I learned how to like okay, snap went, a tube went a little to bit. Malax and yeah, it was wind. yeah, it was definitely a yeah, it a was different the, technique. Exactly, it wasn't something like now I do a lot of dragging. Yeah, that was snapping. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. They have a wide variety of home loan programs in their tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. Just ask me. I trusted Aaron Dagus, a bass fisherman just like you and me, and Supreme Lending's Dream Team to help finance my first home. Contact Aaron Dagus and the Dream Team today by scanning the QR code or giving them a call at 763 763- Three two six zero six seven seven. That's seven six three three two six zero six seven seven. Did I catch a seven in there? Or visit their website, AaronDagus.SupremeLending.com. That's A A R O N D A E G E S dot SupremeLending.com. This podcast is brought to you by my brother from another mother, my tournament partner, and the best rod builder north of the equator that still has 2020 vision, Veselka Fishing and Customs, specializing in custom fishing rods. Your custom rod, the way you want it, because it has to be your rod. However, he has a wide variety to choose from, including his all-new for 2023 custom chicken rod. If you throw the big fluff, the hairy gary, the rotisserie disserie, the half ounce palamalu, the three quarter ounce rooster biscuit, the lightener looking like D. Snyder, you're going to want to be throwing the Veselka Fishing Chicken Special Big Hair Jig Rod. Mr. Veselka spent a lot of time on this rod and it has the perfect action to throw, hook, and land those fish that you maybe pulled the bait out from because the rod was too stiff or had them spit it because your rod didn't have the backbone. Well, the new chicken special from Veselka Fishing and Customs has worked to solve both of those issues along with superior balance and quality components. So head on over to his website 
VeselkaFishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A Fishing.com. Pick this rod up before it's too late because up here in the North Country, they about to be schooling. Big difference. Yeah. Lightweight or heavier one? I think it was pretty light. I don't, yeah, we were in shallow water. Yeah, it was shallow there. water. Oh, yes. It's kind of a, <laughs> like a predecessor to the like fluke in them. Pretty or, much. So to speak. I'd say of, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they were all over that thing, though. Yep. And it was. I it think was, we had. To, I had to make a run to get some chartreuse. We, we had it. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah. But you never forget your first. That, yeah. I'll never forget that day because yeah. it was the first big. You know, even though I wasn't running the boat, it was the right. first big. Then you're on stage and everybody's ooh and it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah, you never lose. No, you never lose that going up on stage no. and uh, no. and winning a tournament. Yeah, that, that was cool. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, but that, so it's kind of power fishing is then like, cause you're a hell of a small mouth angler and a hell of a large mouth angler, but it seems like, I mean, chartreuse tube, I know like I've seen you and Shane take second on Pokegamo, like shallow Bay stuff. We should have won that. I know you should have. Um, <laughs> That's two hundreds. I think we lost. Yeah, by. no, I, I, I mean, I've, I've feel like I've learned stuff through you guys, but like that whole power fishing, triggering those small mouth, yeah. um, to me, there's a lot to that, and I yeah. think a lot of guys think you need to finesse them all the time, yeah. and I don't necessarily think that's the case. I still struggle with smallmouth. That's yeah. I, I just do because I get wound up, and I'm a slow fisherman, and that don't help. Slow can work <laughs> well, if you know yeah, where they're going to yeah, pull up. Yeah. You know, I I, I remember uh, the Rainy Lake tournament souls when the when they were on fire up there chasing smelt. We'd have 15 of them on the bottom of the boat. And Mike would say, don't catch anymore. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't, I got to take care of these, you know. And I remember one, we we were probably in the first flight we got up. Yep. Went up 20 miles or whatever. And there, uh, Mike's dad and his partner drove by about 20 minutes after we did because they were in a later flight. Yep. We had our limits and fish flopping on the floor <laughs> It was just amazing, and that was kind of fishing up there for many years. It was just it, we had so many heartbreaks up there too, sure. where we should have won, and uh, we were throwing those uh, husky jerks and stuff, and they come off those just ready to net them, and yeah, they'd fall off. I remember one tournament. Uh, we lost our first five fish that would have won oh. the tournament. And they were all huge, and they were within a net, and they just pulled loose. Mike oh. and I both sat down on the bottom of the boat and cried. I believe it. Mm. Well, them husky jerks, like you, I remember Paul Newman telling me a story about how they used to. You used that they didn't like jerk baits nowadays. You give a, a rod a little twitch, and that thing. Well, yeah. Well, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy to work. Them husky jerks. Well, yeah, you had to use a stiffer rod, I feel yeah. like, to get the bait to work right, which is not going to help probably your landing yeah. percentage yeah. looking back yeah. at it. But that rainy deal with them smelt, it seemed like it was a more of a cloud kind of wind pattern deal. Yeah. Yeah. What if it was sunny? Did you st- were the smelt was the smelt bite still uh, to be had? It, it seemed like well, um, you know it's. There again, I mean, we we fish for 
five bites, right? Or five big fish. If we got eight bites and we got five of them to the boat, we normally had a pretty good bag, right? You know, come sun or whatever, we always seem to be able to do that. So, because have you won the Fort Francis <laughs> twice? Times. Yeah, <coughs> dang, we won the twenty fifth anniversary. That's an honor, man. Yeah. I've had a few Fort Francis <clears throat> champions in now. Moyna's been here. Yeah, Moyna dominated that. Moyna, he won, I think, yeah. a couple times. He won back-to-back, I think. Yeah, he, he's point. won it uh, numerous yeah. times. Yeah, I think Thrun fished with him in every one. Yeah. Joel Thrun, yeah. 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 So he was good on Clearwater, too, yeah. if I remember right. I did that on Clearwater a couple times. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Like, so smallmouth, what... I'm just curious, why did, how did they start? And I know how, kind of how they get big, like got so big, they're a dominant, they're a dominant species, but like, how did, I heard they're not native to any, any lake. Yeah. Where did a smallmouth come from? Like, I don't even know. Well, there's a lot of guys that transplanted them. Transplanted them. I think that was, that was the answer I was thinking was the case. Yeah. And it must, it must be the weather or something changing that made them thrive the way they are think so the way they have been yeah Yeah. because it's i mean like you said nobody ever caught smallmouth no catch and release helped tremendously no what about the weather though global warming yeah i'm thinking uh it warmed up yeah and they adapted to that you know more forage or whatever but uh boy they're animals they're wolf packs Mm -hmm. they're fun love them I love them. I love them. No, I remember in the cities when, you know, I'd fish from 694 Bridge all the way up. I'd, from shore, yeah. you could have 56, 50, 60, 70 fish days. Now they're not big, but they're, you'd have a popper bite. Yeah. I feel like rivers is kind of where you know, they came from and everybody brought them to lakes, you know, maybe. Yeah. Or they swam to them. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like the Crow River, that dumps into a lot of stuff right. out by me. And I think that's how a lot of them, when the water was high, that's just my. You know, and there's transporting going on too, but right. You know, back in the day. So. Well, even on the river, though, we, you know, when I first started down the river, we always fished for largemouth. Largemouth, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you almost have fish for smallmouth. Yeah. yeah, depending on time of year and stuff. Yeah, for sure, the smallmouth dominate down there. But um, I, I, this is this is the youngin in me. Um, I've always loved the seventies, the eighties. I want to know what these, what like partying was like back then. Like, <laughs> like you didn't have like the cell phones was the size of a seven inch mag draft if you had one. You know, I'd be in jail if we had so, phones. Back like when you we couldn't were. like. How would you call each other to like say, "Hey, we're chilling out over here tonight"? Or, we, like, we used how to, did you guys even live? We used to meet at the Burger King. That was when you'd meet, where's the party at? And if you get sidetracked at midnight, you meet at Wallaby's Bar. That's what we always did. Gotcha. Have so you'd have like meeting We'd have points. meetings. You'd have like safe points. Oh, oh. And gotcha. then don't forget, I had a buddy, and I, we've talked, I know, that never, to this day has never had a drop of alcohol. So he would drive us around. So whosever night it was to drive, he would come over to that person's house, pick up his car, go pick up the hoodlums, and away we went. Yeah. Cool. So we never had an issue with drinking and driving because he was always dry. Right. And that worked out great. And so that the was Roxbury, wherever you want to roll to. Yeah. Yeah. We we never uh, partied that much. Um, um, 
you know, we did once in a while. But yeah, it, you it never, was, you never partied. Mark. Yeah, no, that was, uh, you know, early to bed, uh, early to rise. Yep. For tournaments. <laughs> exactly. For yeah, tournaments. so yeah. I've heard about these blow days at Sturgeon <laughs> Bay, Reggie, so you can't you can't fool me for too long. <laughs> no, we used to have our fun too. And uh yeah. I mean wouldn't, we, wouldn't change it for anything. No, man, I feel like I would love to go back in time and like just one night. I mean in like the seventies, one night. So I grew up in the eighties and it was metal, heavy metal, you yeah, know, that yeah. you know, I still listen to Hair Nation when I'm working and stuff and that I'll I mean, it was great, but that was before I started fishing and all that crap too. So, Motley Crue concerts, stand in line for tickets, yeah, all kinds of neat <laughs> stuff. So, what kind of music you like? You jam out on the way to the lake. Shane listens to that ghetto shit, so I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, about, I don't do that. I'm just wondering about Mark. Yeah, I, you know, lately it's been more country, new country, new country. Okay, yeah, I like that a lot. I got gotcha. you. Uh, there's so many great artists, uh, just unbelievable. I just enjoy listening to it i do too i got a record player inside if anyone's interested after but uh that's awesome uh do you have like a song that you would jam to the lake like back in the day when you were in your glory days like do you have the wiggle uh the magwort (laughs) the the magwort (laughs) anthem so to speak no but up at fort francis we picked a a song when we got pulled through the tent and stuff and it was uh, saturday night i think it was called by uh uh, Nickelback, I think it was, or Kid Rock, one of those. Okay, two. yeah. And we drive out for that. You know, that was, <laughs> right on. Yeah, mine would be shoot to thrill ACDC if I made it on stage ever. That's a good one. That's what yeah. I would do. I have a hard time not picking Petty. Tom Petty. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. You'll get there before I will. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Unless we fish together. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you're quite the businessman too. Well, um, I've used to sell uh. Boats at Intune Marine was my career, and uh, there wasn't many that went out the door without a My Wedge yeah, transom my wedge, saver. Yeah. Um, what, walk me through that a little yeah. bit, because that to me is what a cool, yeah. what a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. what a gold mine. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, it's been out twenty five years now. Sure. And uh, it all started uh, basically when I was doing the FLW tournaments. And I hated that transom bar. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I had to figure out a way to make something different that was easy to use, did the job, and that was uh, e- uh, cheap to make, and you could sell it for a lot of money. Yep. That was my goal. Well, I tested it when I was going down on the FLWs, and it looked like it was really going to go, and we were getting ready to launch it and all that stuff. And I had uh, my worst year I had, not that I had real good years on the FLW, but I had one medium year, one I thought was a good year, and then one poor year. Well, the poor year is one the my wedge. We were just announcing that, bringing it to life, sure. putting it on the Internet. The Internet was brand new. Right, right. <clears throat> It took and, a half hour to get the thing up, right? Dial up, yeah, <laughs> dial up. Yeah. But uh, so that's how I, well, tested it all out. And uh, I remember putting it on the internet. My first, uh, the first order I got was from some guy in Iowa, about 20 miles from where I grew up. <laughs> and, uh, but it's just been growing ever since. Sure. I mean, it's just unbelievable. That's awesome. I'm just wondering, like, 
the inspiration of it, did you, was it, was it inspired from a dildo? I'm just going to ask it. <laughs> was it or no? Was, no. Okay. <coughs> Actually, uh, don't let this thing around your wife, folks. <laughs> well, buy one for your wife <laughs> <laughs> or your girlfriend or whatever. For sure. Yeah. You uh, got to get two. Yeah. It's one for your boat. <laughs> one, for one, your for your... one for your wife. <laughs> Love that. I've heard it all. Oh, guarantee it. I've heard some shit. Yeah, yeah for sure. But it was a uh, two by two by ten, I think it was, piece of oak with the, with a hole drilled in it. I still have those. I had two of them made, and uh, that was a, that was was the first my wedge. Those two. Really, you still have them? You I say? still have them. That's yeah. cool. And uh, well, I learned right away that there was no give. You know, so I knew that was going to work, and then I started working with. Uh, Craig Wick, Wicklund. I used to work for Craig Wicklund. Sure. And uh, he knew the guys at uh, Rubber Industry, and he said, "You guys, you got to go talk to them, and they'll fix you all up." And <clears throat> we came up with uh, a prototype, basically, and uh, and tested that out for a couple years, and uh, and uh, started selling them big time. And uh, I've been working with Yamaha now for I think almost 20 years, 18, 20 years, and we make, make them for Yamaha with their name on it. And they're, they have a new trim system in their 150s to 250s right now. And we're working, we're just finishing that cool motor support. So they, they should be out in a couple of weeks. That's exciting, man. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. And wow. Um, so, I'm curious about this because you said your bad year was kind of when the my wedge took off, yeah, right? Yeah. And obviously, Mark, I don't think there's a person who has a question that you probably had the talent to make fishing a national career tournament fishing, yeah. that is. And it's a really hard decision because it's about the toughest road. P- people yeah. don't understand what, how, like, People see all the trophies and this with tournament yeah, fishing, but yes. they don't see the long. Nothing, nothing road. easy about tournament fishing, right? Well, and it was it was a time that I had to make a decision. Yeah, do I run with this thing or do I fish? <laughs> and I, I said I gotta run with this thing. I mean, it was just a no brainer. I mean, it was just. Uh, well, and it set me up for 25 years. And right. it's, I was going to say, now look right. at that decision made you today. You can go to yeah. Texas. You can do this. Yeah, you can exactly. That. That's yep. a huge deal. Yeah, it really is. Yep. Well, I've heard Dean tell that story with Shore Lunch and Cappers yeah. in the store and, and kind of being a similar reason that those guys didn't, didn't do that. And honestly, I'm sure you get that question all the time, uh, and Shane probably does too, and blah, 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 but... Um, there's something to be said about that. And I guess, do you have any advice for like young aspiring anglers about, about choosing those things? I mean, you've seen it all from like yeah. how fishing affects families, how fishing affects, yeah. um, finances, how yeah. fishing affects everything in your life. So I guess there's a lot of people that maybe don't understand what, yeah. what they're getting into, you know? Well, to me, everything was kind of at a high when I was doing it. Yep. I mean, everything was just growing and growing and growing. Right now, the prize money is out of sight and all that stuff. But it was growing, and I was on the very beginning of that, basically. And the sponsors were easy to get. I had a lot of help. 
sure. from a lot of people. <clears throat> it's a tough deal. You go down south um, fishing against guys that have fished the lake for 20, 30 years, and it always was around the spawn the way it seemed. I'd never spawned fish. Yeah. Never fished, never caught a fish on the beds. Yeah. So they had it all dialed in. So it was like, what do you do, you know? Right. It was a tough learning curve. For sure. I feel like it still is. You, <laughs> yeah. Like, and we have all the information in the world now. Like, you didn't have YouTube back then. Like, you can go watch four spawn tournaments and kind of yeah. see what, yeah. okay, they're, yeah. yeah, they're looking in the backs of this creek and yeah. Yeah, they're using, oh, they fishing this type of rock and yeah. near these bushes. Like, you, you couldn't do that back then. So I, I got to imagine that was, it was really hard, even though the prize money was maybe better, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's I nothing still easy about that stuff, you know. Like, yeah. who doesn't want to fish for a living? But you see, like, you're almost not even fishing for a living at that point. You're you're fishing for a meal and a yeah and a, and yeah, a shot exactly. at a, another one. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you got enough money to make it home. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know, but that Champions Tour is pretty sweet deal up here. When you, when if you you know you think about it, if you really did your diligence three tournaments let's just say you won but all three look at no schultz that's what i'm saying yeah, you yeah. you can that's pretty sweet payouts yeah you know when you think sure. about it yeah peters i mean look at peter with the bexis <laughs> contingency money yep. yeah look peters wow. did that year well, i think about, he did 50 50 plus grand that yeah. year which is yep. pretty good for a circuit in minnesota look at yeah, thompson with all great. those big fish look at all the cash on that just that <laughs> that's <laughs> that's great that is crazy thompson so okay there's a lot of people who maybe start to question whether that's real or not, it but I will say nobody is doing what he's doing. Mm. It's kind of like raveling with, with a wiggle wart, except like Thompson's talking to the moon at night yeah. type of deal. You know what yeah. I mean? Is oh, he's yeah. practicing for the moon and he's like, he, he's doing the, like he's doing his musky deal bass fishing. So, I mean, yeah. I, no one's doing that. No. Yeah, but your team he trail. did it again. He told me straight up <laughs> yeah. on this microphone. He's like, practice the major, tournament fish the major. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's what he, he said. He looks at me at Big Stone after the tournament. He's like, same shit. What I tell you? It's like, <laughs> dang it. Where's my farmer's almanac? Yeah. Jesus. Oh man. I mean, when I musky fished, yes, we did follow that, and there is a lot of truth to that. Huh. Yeah. Now bass fishing, I do peak and stuff. I don't. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I think it was when we musky fished, we, we didn't swear by it, but we definitely were trying to be in on the spot on the spot when it was going yeah. down. But I'd say it only matters you know. during the spawn. And then I talked to Matt Thompson and then I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> now when I chase big sunfish in the wintertime, I tried to do that. Yes. I've always wondered yes. that with winter time, right? You've got the, how does I, this is a, a legitimate question that I was pondering this winter in my loneliness, tying hair jigs in this place, but, um, wind, like how does wind affect a lake if there's ice on it? Right. Okay. So how does, how does shit move around when there's ice on a lake? Well, the earth moves, right. And the moon moves. So is wind even a factor in the winter? If you look at my logbook, yes. 
How no north a strong northwest wind when a front comes in, I want to be there before that hits. Does the wind backflow down the I, holes I, that I, everybody no, no, drilled no. to like turn the water up? I like I but there is a there's <laughs> I have legitimate in my logbook, yes. Not all the time. I want to hear more about this logbook now that we're talking about <laughs> how like this sounds extensive this sounds like a Dean Nelesny encyclopedia. I'm pretty anal, you know that. Oh, I do, I do. He counts the yards of his line down to the inch. It's wild. I'm not that way, as you can tell. I can get three spools off of (laughs) it. So my logbook, I just, you know, if it's a full moon, you know, I I put all the basics in a little paragraph. I don't get crazy. Every time you're out? Some of the real bad times, yes, I put down if it's a really bad night or day or whatever. But most of it's the good stuff. Um, not every time out, you know, um, I just, you know, the, the, what the weather's doing, you know, what I caught, where I fished at the, in that, you know, and I just look back, but not, not, I mean, it's amazing. You look back for a lot of moon stuff. It's crazy. It's, it's true. I mean, not every, but a lot of the big stuff has been moon. So you've looked at and found patterns. If you collect enough data over time, you can assess that data. And, you know, I'm fortunate that I can work out of my house. I can fish when I, when it's right, I go. Do you know what his journal says? (laughs) Sunny magwort. Magwort. Cloudy (laughs) magwort. Rainy. Rainy magwort. Windy magwort. And actually, Todd Bissett is the one. It's weird. They're always eating the magwort. Todd Bissett is the one that got me to start doing the the logbook. I can't get myself to do it. Kind of like a planner. That's the problem. You know, if you you wait two days, it's like, ah, shit, what was the, you might as well forget it. Yeah. yeah. So that night, if I get home, I'll, I'll, I'll or even just jot down on a piece of paper, and then I'll put it actually in my book yeah. when I. When you I, know, I never did that. I never uh, did that. But uh, now that I'm getting older, um, I can remember the spots yet. Yep. But I can't remember what I caught them on. <laughs> and that's what I have been adding in the last ten yeah. years: the bait. Yeah. I wasn't wind bait. Yeah. I do. I do the. You know, the temperature. I tried to do the wind. You know. And then time. When did I actually fish? And then if it was a major, if it was full, if it was huh. whatever. Right? You know. Yeah. And See, it, not a crate. No, I don't write a chapter. Just just enough. And yeah. I would just need to write too much shit each time. Like, <laughs> Well, that's where you got to be. Where does it end? Yeah. That's know? the problem. You have to just. Line, no, I, mean, I don't like, get, I don't get yeah. that crazy. But. Well, it's like you could, though. Sure. Well, you could. Oh, you could. You could get really crazy. crazy. So it helps. We're all crazy. Well, then I got all my scrapbooks from tournaments yeah. and all that crap. I, That's crazy. I've got That's all cool. that stuff, you know. But I do that in the wintertime, you know. Just keep it all in a pile, and then when I get bored in the winter, I go. It sounds like I might be doing hair jigs this winter, so we'll have to. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that's I'll definitely I'll be on board. More. Yeah. So my wedge stuff. So you decided not to go pro per se. You looked at your career, and was the sport changing at this time? time or was it just kind of one of those gold like it's a gold mine opportunity that you had to take i don't think it was really growing anymore it was kind of stagnant um i think Irwin had gotten the flw up and going and it it was high you know i mean there was a lot of prize money Mm -hmm. um and actually i think it probably was going to start falling to a sense sponsors were a lot harder to get um you had to be totally committed um and i just i couldn't do that so sure 
and what do you see in the sport now? I guess that that is either maybe good to see or bad or both. <laughs> you know, uh, because it's a lot different world out there now. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I uh, with the the active stuff. Um, you know, all the Honeywell's got our Honeybird, Hummingbird has it. Uh, Garmin has it. Lawrence has it, and they're all good. Um, Carter and Mason taught me how to use this stuff. Otherwise, I would have thought, what? You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. But they they showed me that yeah, you got to be using it. Um, I think. Uh, I think pre-fishing has changed a lot where if you have two guys in the boat, the guy in the back of the boat just will not even be there. Really? With the active target because it's the guy in the front that's... So you think you need it that much? Well, like yeah. I mean, if if you're using that to target boulders yep. and fish, I mean, the guy in the front of the boat knows what he's looking at, can cast. The guy in the back of the boat can be fan casting. And you very seldom ever catch one. Depends, I guess, how much stuff's nearby. Yeah. I, I still can't get myself to just look at the thing all day. Yeah, well, like, those, those other guys are. Probably should, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're going to be competitive, you got to use it. You have to use it, I agree. Yeah, yeah but to but what extent? Yeah. It's a yes, tool. It's a tool. But that's it's a the, tool. What you Not said a crutch. is a crutch. That's correct. Yeah. And a lot of people use it as a crutch. easy to make it a crutch. Yep. And yeah. I... I have used it, and I think you can. I think it can make you worse at fishing. Yeah, well, I, th- I do. I, I think that's uh... well. There's goes back to what Mark was saying about the paper maps. I have a lot of paper maps at home, and I've got spots marked in X's and you know, yeah. you know, DT, what you know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But I find myself looking at my waypoint. Okay, now I'm there. I have nothing to mark. I'm not using anything anymore. Yeah. So now I'm lost. If I don't, I'm like, wait, I'm out of my waypoint. I, I don't have nothing marked, and you just you you That's, can't do that. And it is weird. I've Mark seen this a couple times over with technology, right? But yeah. I you learn a way to fish, right, and a way yeah. to fish, and then things change, and then it's like you said, it's yeah. weird yeah. to try to do it completely different yeah. than you're used to yeah. doing it. Yeah. I still like going out. Just getting on the weed line and go. Yep. I love. I personally, the the active target, I like it, but you have to you have to know what you're getting into yeah. with yeah. it because. Yeah. But there's some people that you know it kind of kills me. It's new stuff. It's new technology, and everybody knows what the fish are. And I'm like, you know that. You can't tell me that that's a bass. You know, it's if you just gotten on. I'm saying if you've been using it for years, I get it. Right. But right, some right. of these guys are like, oh, I know that's a three pounder and that's a walleye. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not that far advanced. Yet. No. <laughs> but I know some not guys even can close. do it. That's Talking true. to them, jo- them, t- them OHIV guys. Yeah. To me, those yeah. guys, they are actually a lot of them. I think were crappie fishermen before, before they did they, the, the yeah. bass thing, and that's how they dialed it yep. in. Yep. And it just. But the way the fish moves, yeah. um, I read about how fast or slow they move, how they group up, um, the tails. The, well, that's uh, what Carter and Mason are telling me. They can tell. They can tell the difference because of the way they moved yeah. and the way they interact together. And Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> um, and I think I can kind of tell. I'm not as good as those kids, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm still old school. I like to like marks. I like to get on a weed line and go. Yeah. I use it to make sure I'm making the right cast. Oh, that, yes. And yep. I use it to but that goes. let me know the activity level of the yep. area I'm going to be yep. fishing. But you're using and it as a tool. there's certain instances where you can, where that's what you need to do all day. Yep. But I don't think, like, yep. if that bass is in the weeds, you ain't going to be able to live scope <laughs> it. No. It's yeah. down in the grass, yep. you know. That's where you get the one on straight and rip the shit out of it. Or, or the old magwort. A magwort. Or the old magwort. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's cool. I don't have it on my boat. Will I get it? I'm still, you know me, I'm old school. I, I'm not, I don't fish you competitive. You need it all. Why not? Well, I know. Next boat, maybe, but I, I don't know. It is cool, though, Mark. I tell you, I, I was kind of against it. Now I've been out with some guys, and it's... Yeah. It's fun. It, I gotta admit, it's fun. I'll yeah. tell you what's crazy: that perspective mode on yeah. that Garmin is <laughs> dumb, <laughs> dumb. Yeah. I thought 360 was cool when I had that, and yeah. that perspective is like, yeah. I watch them like I can watch the whole school swim around swim on around. the spot. Yeah. yeah. The problem I've got that in Texas on my my Texas boat. There's so much stuff in the lake. <laughs> That's all you see is fish. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's white bass, there's crappies, there's everything, you know. It's all swimming, it's all together. Nothing taught us how bad we are at fishing better than live scope and forward-facing <laughs> sonar. So we're like, oh, geez, there's yeah. a million of them there. <laughs> there I can't is, catch too. any of them. <laughs> it's very, it makes it very frustrating. Yeah. It is. There's a lot of fish in the lake, and yeah. you don't really, you don't, you never realize how many fish were in the lake until you pan that thing around. Yeah. There's yeah. fish everywhere. Well, you should see it in the wintertime. When you get on like a school of crappies in a basin, you think summertime is cool. Yeah, winters where it would really highlight. Yeah. It would it would wipe like if it's we had this back in the day when we fish Red Lake, it'd wipe it out. Yeah. Well, that's what's interesting to me is like I have ice fishermen tell me that They'll get three guys with three live scopes, and they'll herd the yep. schools of crappie around yep. because they're used to the pinging, so That's they correct. swim away from it. So they have a guy over here, so they have to swim away from the pinging. They swim towards more pinging. Wow. And then the guys drill holes in the middle. and that. Now, so, now, old school herding is we would herd them by pounding, jumping on where the reeds would be and you would jump to push the fish to the corner of the reeds where guys would be stationed almost like a deer drive they would have their holes drilled and they'd pluck them off as you push those fish along the reeds that's wild that's shit. old school herding not new school herding that's like deer herd. that's like the old yeah. deer drive yeah. the old deer yeah. drive yeah no. see I told you I'm old I <laughs> all these little trinkets <laughs> no it is cool though I gotta admit I you know it. I was like I said now that I've been with some guys and it, it's pretty neat stuff. I gotta admit it. It's well, cool. I just got the active too, and I've I've got a, a hummingbird 360 that I haven't put on yet. Does your neck hurt yet? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that one at it. Mine does. You got to get the big pole like the boys out by me got. Yeah, so it's like up, up higher. Yeah. It's up three oh, feet. Oh yeah, yeah, It's yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's makes really a big nice. difference. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for the neural link where I can just oh yeah. see it from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, just put just throw a chip in my head. No. <laughs> yep, there they are. It's around the corner. Problem oh, is, for sure. Problem for is, sure. in the front of the boats, and I'll take a kiss concert. You got buttons and whistles and lights, and it's just yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's getting wild. Yeah, I think what's interesting though is like guys down south, they'll literally if they get if they see a fish and it's closer than fifty feet, 
a lot of times they can't make a bite, but if it's, you know, a certain distance away, they can still make it bite. So what guys will do is they'll go up, oh, it's there, and then turn it away and make sure they don't flash it at them. Uh Or else they know it's kind of like a deer letting you know you're there type of thing. But with that, so to me, it's like fishing's about to get wild. Like, it's going to be about it. The game is changing, it's ever changing. And just like the world, it's changing faster. Yeah. Um, It's crazy. It's hard to change with it, too. Well, that's why those kids are going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they know know, it, too. You know, they've grown up with it and they know how to use it. You, you don't see a lot of older guys, really, on your, like, your circuit. Your, there's not. You think about it. No, there's not. There's not. And I, I don't know if guys are just going down by the wayside, you know, or just saying, hey, I just want to hang out. Like or... Dean and Ron are playing that. Like, they're, yeah. they understand you yep. need to change. Like, Dean and Ron yep. have seen do that. Um, but to me, okay, there is something that's lost, potentially, too, when you're doing that all day, too, right? So, like, there's there is something to be said about understanding – it's cloudy and the wind's this way or it's sunny and there's no yeah. wind or, you know, that kind of purest, that foundational bass fishing kind of yeah. level stuff. And if you're playing video games all day, are you going to miss that yeah. in looking at the screen? And that's my big question is, are things going to come full circle where those fish don't want a single ping on their face or they're spooked? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But I'm always curious about, because to me, that to me will never totally die. Yeah. No. I don't know. Maybe maybe you think it's yeah. it's all on the screen now, but. Well, I don't know if fish are that smart. Right. To begin with. Right. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. <laughs> yeah. You didn't use to idle back then. No. Like that? No. You just fish. Yeah. Would you zigzag a spot? Like, well, okay. Fine. So there was a time where there was a crankbait dominating and then flipping something into the milfoil and a little bit of Carolina rig. And then Moina kind of came in with a football jig. And I think there was certain days where he dominated with that thing. And, uh, I mean, you've maybe seen a few things come around over the years, but, I mean, what was that like? And I guess I got to witness it all because you guys had done it all before I even started fishing, (laughs) right? But um, what was it like having a new kind of like you did with your technique having a new technique coming yeah. in and and dominate everybody what yeah. was it like on the other side of that you know well, i hated it <laughs> <laughs> did no. it did you learn something from it though like yeah 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 i mean he was fishing a lot deeper uh, rocks uh more rocks than anything sure um and we we never went out that far i don't think hmm. so then we went with the carolina rigs and uh the deeper crankbaits and that was effective also but he had uh well you know he spent a lot of time out there perfecting that mm-hmm. he had it to himself yeah for quite a few years I yeah think. for sure he he had, it was kind of talking to moina was uh, almost it was cool like this conversation because it he had a key to the lake that no one else had yeah and it was like you when you think it's like uh it's like Batman when he puts on his suit, you know, uh, kind of <laughs> feeling when you get to the lake, maybe, right, <laughs> yeah. for a tournament. But how long do you think he was throwing that before anybody knew like, what mm. he was throwing? How long do you think he kept that quiet? Yeah, I guess I don't know. You don't know? Yeah. 
Well, how long was he winning before you knew it was on a football <laughs> jig? Yeah, <laughs> that that's maybe. Well, he, he you know he was good and he uh, he picked it up quick you yeah. know and uh, he spent his time out there and and uh, figured out where and what to use. I mean, nobody else was really going that deep. Sure. And uh, I know they had one uh, national tournament up here where everybody was deep. All the pros were deep, and they were all catching them. And that was kind of a shocker to uh, us local guys. Sure, sure. So did you guys then kind of try to go – did that force you guys to try to fish deeper? Obviously, yeah. I mean, when you, it's the best way to learn is losing. Yeah, to something, exactly. Right? Yeah, well, we started uh, throwing deeper crankbaits and throwing roller jigs. Yeah, you know, had to. Right. Well, who is he? I mean, the only one I'm familiar with was the one I grew up with, which was all terrain tackle. Now everybody's yeah. making a football yeah. jig, but I know was it Skinny Bear that was kind of the mm. the. I don't even know what football jigs were around. What yeah. roller jigs you had to choose from back then? Yeah. All because when did all terrain start making one? It wouldn't have been probably till after Jim started being yeah. pretty good with it, yeah. right? I'm I'm just trying to remember who some of the jigs were because yeah. I learned the roller jig and then took that to Clearwater. Remember, Clearwater was always behind Tonka. Yeah, that's how I picked up the milfoil. Right when I got to Clearwater, it's like nobody's doing it because I learned this from the Silverado guys on Tonka. Fast boat industry is always behind the automotive industry, yep. and there's things yeah. to be learned with yeah. that, right? Yeah, like yeah. the jig worm. The jig worm that's another <laughs> one. Like, holy smokes, I still love a jig worm, yeah, I and do too. now everyone throws the Ned Rig, which to me is a small jig worm. But that's it's amazing how effective it is, though. so effective. That's the stupid, stupidest lure it's... they've ever had, and they beat they just gobble it up. It's just amazing, it is. It is. Don't touch it until yep. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> oh, I got one. Yeah, that was easy. Amazing. It's like, crazy. Why were these? Why were we working so hard throwing these megawarts all the time? Right? Like, yeah, exactly. That's like a jig worm. Yeah. I got these nine Sit inch back. Band, nine inch band aids on my side. Right? <laughs> did I have a question? Did Shane call you on an eight inch cell phone one day and be like, "We're working way too hard. We're working way too hard." <laughs> yeah, no, no. Just open the bale. Let it sit there. <laughs> yeah. Like. Was there a moment where the jig worm was like, what? what? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we threw that with a Senko on it all the time and, you know, just threw it out there and let it sit. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, it just all of a sudden, the line would tighten up or you'd yep. see a pop. Right. And uh, reel them in. 10-pound maxima? No, no, not as much to it. Um, that. We didn't use the uh, chameleon on that, but we did use maxima. Sure. A clear or green. Sure, that was our preferred line back then. Man, you can't. I don't even think you can get it anymore. No, I, I, I'd be shocked if you could. Yeah, I mean, I picked up a. You might find it in some old hardware store, and you know, in some. Oh, yeah, you may never know. You, yeah, you know? I found some chameleon that was uh, from somebody, and I bought it. You know, it was a big oh, spool. Yep, yep. Man, fishing a one ounce jig back then, I'd have probably told the guy to get the boat on plane so we could set the hook right <laughs> with that mono on a big yeah. jig like that. It's yeah. just mind blowing to me. Well, I think when I first started flipping the foil, I was using the Dacron that I used for musky fishing because they didn't have the break, if I remember right. Yeah. Was... So I was tough, I believe I was using tough 35 pound tough line. Yeah. And then I was 
black markering, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. And tying on the big jigs for the milfoil. Yeah. That's what I was using. Sure. And my my lighter musky rods like were seven feet because I was like, you know, you gotta get that. Yeah. And you gotta. So yeah. The, the tackle was. <laughs> barbaric when you really, when you really think <laughs> what about it is it. today yeah to sure. now yeah right uh, now you got these light rods and reels and 65 pound oh, braid yeah. yeah it's just wild now yeah. shit's no. nice now. yeah it is it's really nice <laughs> <laughs> it's like i don't know how you guys used to do that oh well it's like hockey yeah uh, like you put on all the hockey pads they had to play with in the yeah. 80s and no. like, couldn't walk can't even yeah. skate <laughs> like... but that jig worm though i mean that's i still I don't use it as much as I used to, but I yeah. still throw it. You know, it's still that's one of Minnesota. That's a that's a close to home Minnesota originated I think so technique. Now, yeah. You had the gopher tackle yep. mushroom yeah. head jig, I believe, and was I still kind have of some. like the magic beginning to that. I still right? have some. Yeah, I got a couple. <laughs> we actually, I didn't tune. Uh, I don't know if it's the originator of gopher or the guy who bought gopher tackle got a boat from us. So I got oh really? Of, oh cool. The newer gopher tackle jigs, which may seem good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. but was there a guy who you know who like was dominating on a jigworm before anybody else? I've heard multiple names get thrown out uh, when it comes jigworm to this John Laub, right? Wasn't he? Was it, Wasn't yeah, he kind of a jigworm? Yeah, jigworm was. John. Jigworm yeah, John Laub. Yeah, we used to throw it a lot. I don't yeah. know when we start doing that, but well, I know it was uh, in the Shelby's. How about Steve? Lum- Steve was what, that was Mike Lumen's dad, right? Steve yeah, didn't Steve. he? throw a lot of jigworms i'm just going by memory but nah, i don't think so no? i think caprit threw a lot of jigworm well he threw a jig quite a bit jig. yeah i'm just trying to think who else would have threw the jigworm quite a, you know well i know in the shelby's i we always used to throw that a lot yeah what did the front deck look like back then because now i mean i'll bring eight, eight 12 rods but i used to bring five <laughs> you know dean capra i fished with him one time and and uh and uh, he, he he always gets a kick out of this. He goes, Mark Bradley's tackle box. It was filled with <laughs> it was filled with filled with mag warts, and they were all the same color. <laughs> That's all he brought. He told me that story. I love that story. <laughs> Mark brought two rods, both crankbait rods, both wiggle warts, both same color, and one tackle box. All the same. All the same. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine if I came into your boat in a day for a tournament? I brought one box of the same lure and two same rods color. with the same lure, <laughs> same color. I throw one thing all day. I don't think it would happen not this day and age. You bring less rods than anybody I know, and yep. it's three. Yep. Yep. So Mark, Mark trumps that. Yeah. You still do that? It's magwort, all good. <laughs> Fuck it. I haven't thrown a magwort in a long time. I haven't fished Tonka. I and, suppose. Yeah. You know, I don't go to gall that much or whitefish. So it doesn't work that good on women, is what you're saying. Uh, I. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work for smallmouth for some reason. You think it would, but wigglewort does. Yeah. Yeah, but you true. know that. Back to the rod bit, though. There's some dudes. I mean, there's twenty on a side, and I'm like. You got to be kidding yeah. me. You know, I don't know. To yeah. me, I mean, there's a, you know, I'm, you know, me, I don't, I have my specific, you know, I get kind of lost sometimes in the shuffle because I'm not throwing something, but I, you know, I just, 
two, you don't need all those decisions on tournament day. Yeah. I don't think, you know. Yeah, if you had more than like one or two, three rods out on the deck on tournament day, it's going to be a long day. Right. I, that's how I kind of think about it too. I but, think times have changed. From that. But I think you're right. I think the smallmouth nowadays. Maybe not if you're raveling, but. I think smallmouth nowadays got people. You got to have, I think you need to have quite a few, huh. you know, large mouth. I think you can get by with less. That's my personal opinion, but I agree with right? that. I agree with that. I think champions tour is, yeah, they may feel like I need to have three different patterns ready to go, yeah, so a, to speak. And you feel like you need to change a lot quicker. The yeah. five fish thing. It's like, I need five big bites. Yep. So it's almost yeah. like you could do the same thing yep. or total opposite because if the weather dictates a top water bite in the morning, you maybe need a top water rod for the morning, but you don't need it the rest of the no. day. Well, maybe you need to bang some docks that day. Like there's yeah. three good docks you need to bang, yeah. right? So you need maybe two rods for that. One in case you fuck up and yeah. throw over a post. And yeah. I mean, you start to mix in that mid range now, chicken, chatterbait, crankbait <sighs> pattern, swim jig pattern, yeah. swim bait pattern. I mean, and they all catch big ones. Yeah. I don't like. They didn't all, have that many choices back then. I don't like, like all the shit on my. Yeah, it's a swim bait. It's like a, it's yeah. a mag wart or a mag wart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a it's a mag wart that doesn't rattle or doesn't wobble. Yeah. Like they didn't have all those choices. No. Like it's gotten the sport's gotten more refined, which is also can be very distracting. Yeah. I think, but yeah. well, just look at the line aisle. If you were a last ball and had nothing, no idea on fishing line, where would you start? Yeah. Honestly, YouTube. Um, well, yeah, I'm just saying, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, for sure. <laughs> you know, but like uh, Mark was saying, how they used to blast 30, 40 out of a school on one lure, right? Yeah, I think that's that's crazy. Over. But I've yeah. had it on Tonka where now, if I throw the same lure in there, I don't get bit again. But if I throw a different lure yeah. with a different rate of fall and a different, I get bit again. And then I chip throw a different lure, like to, so yep. that yep. Th that's where I'm coming from with having eight rods maybe instead of three yep. is like my personal unfortunate experience maybe yeah. you know yeah. well but but I, I there's just, plenty of guys who probably blast them on one lure on the right day right time you know that's I don't know I just don't, I think we overthink it too so I think that's a big thing I think a lot of guys overthink fishing's fishing. They're big fish, you know. They, they're not that smart. No, they they can't be. It's like yeah. turkey hunting, you know. Not to change the subject, but everybody, you know, turkey's got a size of a brain like that. They do. And if they had a nose, you'd never kill one. Yeah, it's just a fact, you know. We overthink that too, you know. So, but there's a weird thing though that is a story Chad Smith told me about a rock bass, and it kind of <laughs> made me, kind of made me question everything now i agree <laughs> with you the bass's brain is the size of a pea we can all agree on that yep, the yep. dimensions of the brain are, are this big right he broke a rock bass off with a crappie jig and it was on his cabin dock and he was watching the fish and he proceeded to watch the fish go up to a dock post knock the jig head out and swim away this is a rock bass, mind you. This isn't this isn't a large or a smallmouth bass. This is a rock bass. Good thing they don't have rock bass tournaments. Holy right? smokes, we man. We'd have one. 15 rods on the deck. Holy smokes, man. But That's crazy. I mean, like you hear shit like that oh. and you also wow. see smallmouth not eat 
12 things you throw at it or whatever and then you throw this thing and it comes unglued on it and that's the kind of stuff that i think we mess with our own heads because of it but there is something to it they're not just a dumb fish that every one of well, them needs a mag yeah. you know? we saw that in uh ring lake a lot where you had to be throwing the right bait otherwise you would not get bit and it's it pre-fishing that's all it was finding the right bait. bait and we we were up there long enough that we knew the spots it was finding out the, the right bait to, to throw yeah what do you mean the fish's brains the size yeah. of a pea well but they, yeah. were, they but were feeding on something else. So. Correct. Yeah. They're keyed in on something. They yeah. didn't want, they, like, I've seen that with schooling. They want a little bluegill, or they want a big bluegill. And you need to you need to give yeah. them a little bluegill yeah, or a big one. I chase yeah. those big sunfish, yep. and I sight fish them. And when that big sunfish comes in the hole, you can have two-pound test line. Everything can be right. Everything, the lure's hanging, all the bug, everything looks perfect. And that fish will come in, and he'll, he knows something's game's over. And he starts to back out. Huh. Do you try one and a half pound test? Like, <laughs> no, dude, dude, I'm, just, like, I'm just telling you. But the fish's those, brain is so small. They're but, so but, dumb. But, Why didn't you catch it? That's my point. Well, maybe they're just not hungry. You know. And see, I, I think a lot of has to do with that too. Because as humans, we don't eat 24 hours a day. You know? Well, if it's they were trigger. hungry. You yeah, said it before. Yeah. It's trigger it's though. Trigger. They're not hungry yeah, yeah, when yeah. you make them if I'm coming active in, or you make yeah. them react or yeah. like... You think that those fish ate that magwort out of hunger? I no. think they ate that magwort because it ran by them so fast and they uh, are so yeah. hot. Like it immediately, it was like it was like calling a woman fat. Like pew, had to eat it. Well, that's why you don't got a girlfriend. You can't do that. <laughs> totally, you can't be doing that. But they were competing yeah. against each other to get that bait. Yep. So when you got eight rods, they're all trigger mechanisms. Yep. They're all tools, tools, right? And one triggers a reaction strike. One yeah. sits there long enough where yeah. blum, 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 they yeah. got to eat it. Yeah. One, I don't That's know. That comes from experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they're not doing this, you better be doing this. Right. Right. And I think, too, and nowadays with guys are such good anglers and everybody's got every possible bait under the sun there's nothing these fish really haven't seen yeah. you know when you think about it that's why i got yeah. eight rods on the deck but, and that, oh yeah. i'm not disagreeing yep. with you guys and yep. i would much rather have one or two yep. but maybe it's maybe it's like i don't know what it is but i feel like i need eight rods on my deck yep. is that Maybe I mean, four on, four on if the i side? find out they're eating one yep. i ain't touching the other seven yeah like <laughs> It does, they're just sitting there. It doesn't mean I got to use them. Yep. Well, like smallie fishing, you know, like the green tournament, I'll have enough because I got a this color, this color, this color tube in this color, this, you know, you have to. Yeah. So I'm kind of being a hypocrite because I will have more than three. Well, if they're eating a jig worm you know, and I know they're eating a jig yep. worm, I'll have a 332nd, yep. an eighth, yep. and a 316th. Yep. Yep. And maybe straight. one will have a different color. Like yep. I'll maybe have the eighth have a different color on it or something. Curly and you're tail, testing that tail. bite. And you're, yeah. you're yep. testing that. Yep. Sometimes they want it faster. Sometimes yep. they want it slower. Yeah. Sometimes you got to play in Marvin Gaye. Sometimes you have to play in Motley <laughs> Crue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. but in Mark's day, you only had to play in Motley Crue. And that <laughs> sounds pretty fun. Yeah. 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 It was fun. Do you, I guess, is it, is there one moment in tournament fishing that is kind of like what's the what's the best moment in your fishing career that you've felt 
probably your fondest memory. Well, the fondest is catching the state record bass. I, I mean, that just, that. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, it just, it, I just kind of took a big breath and said, God, I'm relieved, you know, I hit the top of my. This podcast is brought to you by my brother from another mother, my tournament partner, and the best rod builder north of the equator that still has 2020 vision, Veselka Fishing and Customs specializing in custom fishing rods your custom rod the way you want it because it has to be your rod however he has a wide variety to choose from including his all new for 2023 custom chicken rod if you throw the big fluff the hairy gary the rotisserie disserie the half ounce palamalu the three quarter ounce rooster biscuit the lightener looking like d snyder you're going to want to be throwing the Veselka Fishing Chicken Special Big Hair Jig Rod. Mr. Veselka spent a lot of time on this rod, and it has the perfect action to throw, hook, and land those fish that you maybe pulled the bait out from because the rod was too stiff or had them spit it because your rod didn't have the backbone. Well, the new Chicken Special from Veselka Fishing and Customs has worked to solve both of those issues along with superior balance and quality components. So head on over to his website, veselkafishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A fishing.com. Pick this rod up before it's too late because up here in the North Country, they about to be schooling. It's been confirmed. Aliens from another planet have landed on Earth. Sources say there's been two confirmed landing points for these extraterrestrial beings. One being Japan, and also, unexpectedly, in Minnesota at Waypoint Angler Supply, a local tackle shop on Lake Minnetonka. With the ever-expanding universe, it's no surprise that there are other planets out there that also share our love for the sport of bass fishing. And to Earth's surprise, this latest visit came from extraterrestrial fishermen light years away and many innovations ahead when it comes to fishing equipment. Some hypothesize these beings came from the planet of Naboo, matching up with Mayan folklore dating back thousands of years with fishing equipment ahead of their time. It has been confirmed they left things never seen before by an Earth-born bass. Waypoint Angler Supply is the premier space station in the bass galaxy and has tackle that could previously only be found in Japan or the planet of Naboo. The Waypoint ship is full, but we don't know when the astronauts from Naboo will be back. So hurry in to Waypoint Angler Supply today and stock up on that Area 51 Planet of Naboo JDM good good before your buddy is whooping that sweet ass of yours. Stop into their store on Lake Minnetonka or visit their website, waypointanglersupply.com. That's waypointanglersupply.com. Use the code GALAXY20 to save 20%. On your next tackle binge, aliens are real. Thank you. My career, I mean, wow, what else can I do? Right. And that was probably the the main thing. But uh, there's so many tournaments that uh, that I can look back at and just, I mean, on how well we've done and uh, and uh, wouldn't change a thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Was there one boat or one championship that kind of meant, maybe it was earlier in your career, kind of uh, one of those first kind of wins where it kind of set in for you a little bit more? Well, I think it's when Shane won the Shelby or the, yeah, yeah, the Don Shelby. Don that, Shelby. Was, that was my highlight. That's cool. Yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, not many people get to experience that. They get yeah. to experience, you know, themselves at the top of that tournament fishing game and then getting to yeah. see your son really. I mean, would you argue that he's even taken it further? Or, I mean, I mean oh, yeah. do you guys go at it? Or is there a little bit of, like, father-son competitiveness between you two at all? Or did oh, there, there always used to be, used to be yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but he, you know, the last 10 years, he's fished with Mason. Right. Basically. Yep. And, uh, you know, and he's taught him. And that's that's what I wanted to see, you know. Yep, yep, yep. And Carter's, uh, Rachel's boy is uh, fu- is tuned into the whole thing too you know yeah, so yeah that's what it's all about now is watching those kids yeah yeah well do you do so you do an annual tournament on woman lake i think it's called uh kick yeah kick mark ravelings uh bass tournament yeah what it's, and it's a charity event yes i noticed that uh, it's really cool you do that yeah we uh you know, it's for the Bible camp up there, the YMCA, and uh, we've got a couple other ones that we uh, try to plug in every year. But it's local, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the time of year where everybody else is, like, deer, uh, hunting. So we don't get a lot of draw, but, uh, uh, you know, I put it out on Facebook, and we raise, you know, a couple thousand dollars every time. Sure. And uh, it's just a fun event. Uh, um if uh if i win it all the money goes to uh the charity if i come in second second third and fourth all go to the charity um but but the nice part of it is i don't win all the time and they're still donating donating it all the charity so that's awesome yeah. that's, good. that's awesome yep. is there an entry fee for that then that goes to charity then yeah 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 we have uh you know it's it's uh 80 bucks or something so sure. it's it's a low deal and and it's just a fun event and that's on woman lake yeah what time of year again it's usually the end of september sure. right in there first part of october it's a fun time to fish out there <laughs> yeah um, it is are, do you guys fill up is this or is it the type of thing where yeah you're it's looking? only like 20 boats okay and we uh will you take more uh yeah probably this is shout out to you, Bass Galaxy folks. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah uh, they, Mark Ravelings kick Mark Ravelings Bass yeah. tournament, and uh, the one stop, the gas station uh, convenience store in town there is the one that sponsors it. I think the, I slept in my truck at that place. There's a couple plugins there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, you know, so they're a big part of it too. Sure, that's awesome. And that probably feels good to give back, you know, too, you know. That's what yeah, all successful sure. people do yeah. when they're done kicking ass. Yeah, right? and I get, I get, actually, I, I've been fishing it with my grandsons. Yep. And now the last couple years I've been fishing with my daughter, Rachel. Awesome. <coughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. If you were to, what's your favorite way to catch a smallmouth? Like, if you were to catch them one way. Yeah, it's got to be topwater. Topwater? Yeah. yeah. 
You like you more skitter pop, pop. skitter pop, yeah, or okay. something like that. Yeah, cool. Uh, they rig is uh, phenomenal too, and up in Canada, you know, you you could use four hooks. So oh sure, you know, I mean we we caught three at a time. You know, that's uh, was that or something you're doing on rainy kind of before. That was big at all? I, yeah, I could see I think that so. being big yeah. for that smelt deal. Yeah, because most people, well, didn't uh, didn't want to throw it, for one thing, because it, it is a hard bait to throw. Not harder than ripping a mat. <laughs> oh, a good point. Throw, right? It's easy. Yeah, good point. You've got to have it's two bandages on it, yeah. not just yeah. one. Right? I could <laughs> even maybe do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like throwing a musky lure all day long or yep. something like that. But, yeah, I think we, uh, we started it kind of in Canada, too, or... You know, we were kind of ahead of the crew on that. Sure. They still eat it. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I think it's underthrown. Yeah, I do too. Dynamite bait. Do you find they always eat the middle one usually? If you're catching one, is it usually on that on that middle one, like if guys are throwing mostly dummies? Well, what, uh, what I've seen is they always hit the chartreuse one. Whichever one that is? Yep. I got you. <laughs> So you'll put you'll put a, a target on there for yeah, them, so yep, to speak. Yep. Yeah, I've heard about Chartreuse. guys doing that on all, every single time. Yeah, Mike uh, always used to just shake his head because everything was chartreuse for me. Sure, sure. I eat it. Yep, it. it works. So yeah. can't beat that. Hmm. What was something? So you learned about the tube that day, yep. I guess. Fishing like they don't have a pro am anymore and no. stuff, but like. That was a really good way for me to learn. And um, I don't know if you ever heard about this one, Mark, but when I fished with Dean, it was called the Fishers of Men Legacy Series. Mm -hmm. One person had to be over 18. One person had to be under 18. Okay. It was kind of a, a churchy type yeah. Uh, yeah. deal. But yeah. for me, it was like a really good way to learn yeah. how to fish yeah. as a kid and stuff. And um <clears throat> remember Dean and I partnered up and, I learned so much with those and the Silverados, but it seemed yeah. like because we got to practice together and, and yeah. whatnot yeah. that we learned quite a bit more. But um, it's weird to me how things are passed down. So I've actually I've learned techniques from Shane, not through Shane, but from people who fish through Shane. Yeah. Um, and that's just cool to me because I've I've then evolved them into kind of my own deal or what works for me. And you bet, like it's a it's a sport that keeps on moving that way there's a lot of ways to skin that cat yeah. and dean you've maybe seen a lot of different ways to to do that and i know we've caught them up quite a few different ways yep. on tour but yeah i mean flipping milfoil i know was something that you that's my kind of love to yep. do and it's getting tougher because the milfoil is just not like it used to keep be. spraying it i mean clear waters makes a guy cry they're in a spot out. I I shouldn't say that. I it's a lot of it's gone. The the yeah. money making spots are gone. Green yeah. is gone. I mean it's yeah. it's sad. It's really sad because that is like my f if I had to pick one way to catch largemouth, it would be the flip in the yeah. mouth while. It, yeah. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, we've done it all. I mean, we've done it all day and done well, and we've yep. done it all day and done Got not our well. Got asses which It's not. It's not very fun to do when you're not <laughs> no. doing well with it. No. But and that's. That's what I tell people. I says, I don't think you're ever going to see a milfoil jig bite like years ago because they've killed so much off. You know, now I'm not saying you can't find a lake. It's possible. Yeah. But would 
you know, you know how we were together that day and there was fish everywhere and it was like a salad. I mean, it was the craziest. I mean, but that's, <laughs> that's what you live for. You might take you four hours to find that spot, you know, mm-hmm. but I consider myself a pretty good milfoil fisherman because I learned from Tonka and it wasn't to the clear waters yet. Yeah. Right. So I got all that free milfoil to play with and figure sure. out. And I learned how to, you know, the jigs and the lot, I, you know, I learned yeah. all that stuff. That's cool. You know? Yeah. And that was, you know, that was just lights out, you know, because before that it was a great plastic culprit worm with a quarter ounce bullet weight and, or a jig worm. I mean, that's right. how I caught it. You know, sure. I didn't go into the mill fight. I didn't even know what it was. Right, right. You know, so. but That Senko on a jig worm deal I learned from Nick, yep. who learned it from Paul Roush. Paul Roush. Who learned it from Shane. Shane. Yep. And <laughs> dynamite, man. Man, and I remember Shane won that tournament on Waska, that Silverado. I took second as an AM. That was yep. my best finish ever as yep. an AM. Yep. And uh, I remember, I think that spot was magical. And Nick won, I think, four or five tournaments off. That's He started, he started wanted there. to start there, but I yep. think he started like, Ended up starting like a hundred yards down yep. because Shane started there. And yeah, they, yeah, that spot was magical. But that jigworm senko deal, yep. I had practiced with Nick for that tournament, and he had learned about that deal from Paul, who learned it from Shane. Yep. And that is why we took s- second because the guy in front was throwing a jig, and he didn't catch a bass all day. Yeah. And I soaked that jigworm in the back, and like it was like. <laughs> Felt like I had a magwort in my hand and I was Mark <laughs> Raveling and it's 1984, baby. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's cool that way. And, and Shane probably hates hearing that, but there's a couple other techniques I got too that I learned sure. from him. But yeah, um, yeah. I appreciate you guys for that, though. At the end of the day, I think competition is good. And like, there's probably people that would bitch about you guys doing so good all the time and all of that. But and they the, did. I mean, that's just, that's normal. Yeah. It is, but at the end of the day, would you want it any other way? Mm. Like, if you're going to get your butt kicked, I'd rather have, like, Shane and Mark fishing and kick my butt than me kick everyone's butt and, like, those guys aren't aren't fishing, right? Competition yeah. makes us all better, yeah. and yeah. it's a humbling sport. And, Mark, you probably felt very humbled before you probably did some humbling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the – and then – it's just a sport that always is changing and evolving. But yeah. um, did the payouts changing make it tougher to like fishing tournaments wise? Like it changed over time and yeah. it maybe got less tasteful for you. And I'm yeah. curious about what all that was. I know like payouts haven't seemed to get yeah. better per se and entry fees haven't seemed to get lower. Was that a big part of yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just. Um, you know, the Rainy Lake tournament, you, you'd have to be on a waiting list to get into it. And it was high buck deal. And then that kind of fell, fell off the, um, where, where it used to be. And the same thing with all the tournaments, you know, everything was, um, not as high buck and, you know, well, is it worth my time? And, and I, you know, I did so much of it that, uh, you know, I just, I, especially after COVID, I just said, well, I'm just going to go fun fishing and enjoy life and not worry about it if you're going to get get up at 4 a.m. and get rained on and lightning on. And, 
you know. So I'm just uh, enjoying life, and you know, Texas is treating me real well, and uh, Minnesota still is too. So yeah. I I enjoy it for sure. Did they even like the with getting back to the weeds and the that thing that they didn't used to spray grass? No, they used to cut it. Cut the it. Big, uh, Okay. And then there was people that did the nighttime copper sulfate, I believe. Yeah. This was a big deal, yeah. too. But that was, no, not like it is now. Yeah. No. I mean, milfoil is the best thing that ever happened. Yep. But I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love milfs and oil. Well, and, you know, like zebra mussels in the Great Lake, it's the best thing that ever happened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cleaned it up. I think it a lot of lakes it's yeah exactly well. Well, i won't say no, that no, no, no. <laughs> off the record i said it not you we're good no need to cut mm-hmm. yeah that that's just i just think about the milfoil bites it was so much fun and even lakes out here when i first moved out here i was untouched a lot of guys yeah. didn't fish it you can go beat them up and you know green was especially a great flipping lake because nobody was doing it yeah. you know? now you can't find a patch of foil out there so I'm just curious how you change that because it seems like it's a slippery slope right now it with is. the milfoil and all it takes is a little bit of education yeah. to maybe help with that situation. It just seems like it seems like not all the fishermen are talking in all the wrong places about it. No. Maybe. I don't know. Mark, you seem like not a politician, but do no. you have any ideas? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's guys that are trying. I mean, Ron, really? Ron Cher are trying. You yep. know, those guys are have got stuff going that are going to help us. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough road to battle. Yeah. So we're talking like spraying, right? Yeah. Um, you got guys, I didn't know this. Like, so you got Ron Chera working on. Yeah. There's a group that's, uh, that I think Ron put together. It's, actually, I think Ron did put it really? together. Yeah. It's, they, they do some articles in the outdoor news here and there. And then there's, uh, they're lobbying with the yep. uh, DNR, DNR and, and the... stuff. Yep. That's wonderful. Yep. Yeah. Where do I sign? Where's this petition I signed? Do we know what it's called uh, or anything? You know, the funny part is is I haven't seen too many articles lately, you know, in the outdoor news. So I'm not saying. I don't know. You know, I yeah. don't know. Uh, I'd get Facebook and go, yeah. just go Ron share and see what. Yeah, because I believe yeah. it is on Facebook. Yet, I believe it everything is. Everything yeah. he's doing, if gotcha. I'm not mistaken. Yep. If anyone's yep. listening, please shoot this in the comments so we can blast it out to the Bass Galaxy to get get these yep. Karens to stop spraying this milfoil for the love yep. of God. Because well, you know they cut by out by me, they cut out here, and I don't know what yep. cutting does. Like, well, th- so, I'd rather see them cut than spray, I yep. guess. But I don't. I feel like cutting it's spreads just, it worse. So no, this is never ending. Yeah, right. yeah. So the funny part You're on the cutting the seeds around. Yeah, the funny part on the cutting is some of the cutting they did in previous years. There's now a good cabbage growing where they cut. Huh. It is weird how that works. So that's intriguing because I was like, especially on one like this year, I was like, holy crap, that's a lot of cabbage. Well, they previously cut the piss out of that. Huh. Well, so, Moina said in the podcast, he thinks that like grass in, in the lakes is kind of like farmers rotating their crops. Yes. Or you'll see a different one come up. And the fact that that field got plowed yep. and another <laughs> grass came up. 
kind of made me think of what he told me with that. And it's good cabbage because I actually grabbed some and ripped it. I wanted to see, and it's green, it's crisp, yeah. it's big, le- it's it's good, big stock. So it's it's very very healthy. Uh, nice. I have no, noticed more cabbage on Tonka now that you yeah. mentioned it, yeah. but it's not enough no. to hold bass like no. the milfoil did. No. So yeah. it's not like good enough for like schools no. to live in it. No. But but it, it's good. So. Well, that's, I mean, that's good they're doing lobbying for that because it, it really seems like there's 80 lake owners and maybe one fisherman at a yeah, meeting, yeah. you know, for that. But Well, years ago on, you know, on Clearwater. Just, he didn't have milfoil up on his lakes. No. He don't on care. Clearwater, it was, it was nothing, there was nothing discussed. The first act was how can we stop the milfoil? That was the first thing hmm. at every, you know, they had meetings, I believe, once yeah. a month or whatever. That, it was the number one thing they talked about. How can we get rid of the milfoil? It wasn't, let's stock walleyes, let's do this, let's do yeah. that. It was, let's kill all the milfoil. Do they have yeah. zebra mussels in women yet? They do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Leech. All like I think leech has yet, got them. But woman still has that kind of chalkiness to it. Yeah, that's, not anymore. Okay. Yeah, that's gone. <laughs> that's gone. Gotcha. Straight smoke tube now. So now you'll need 12 rods instead of 8, dude. <laughs> I feel like that's a lake where I need like 4. See, there you go. I like woman. I like woman a lot. Yeah, I feel like they have four moods on Like, them fish have four <laughs> moods. Well, we're only talking smallmouth when we're talking yeah. woman, right? If yeah. we needed to do mixed bag shit, then it'd be eight rods. Yeah, right? it'd be more than that. Yeah. It'd be the antenna. Like Paul Roush used to call them guys that have 20 rods, the antenna, because they have them all <laughs> over their boat. <laughs> that crappie fishing down south is wild. You see, they have crappies in Texas on Falcon. Oh, it's unbelievable. You got the fucking spider rigs yep, well. fucking running around. Yeah, they don't do that there. No, they live scope them now. Yeah, right. On. <laughs> I mean, we have we have trees and stuff too, and we just go dip them basically. Sure, sure. That or if they're sunken uh, brushes stuff, we'll Brush just piles. get over top of them. Sure. Wrote those little, um, not road runners, but. Uh, Roadrunner, yeah, that's a little underspin. Yeah, yeah we'll call it that. It's a little underspin. Yeah. yeah, dude, I remember what I was gonna ask Mark. Oh, there's a guy who weighed an eight pounder out of your boat on Minnetonka. Not my boat. Not out of your boat. No, it was out of Shane. Out of Shane's boat. Shane and Larry. You about that? No. I think he owned a. I think Shane sold cars for him. Yeah. Right. Larry Reed. Oh, Larry, Larry Reed. Reed. White Bear Dodge, yeah. right? He weighed an eight pounder yeah. on Tonka out of Shane's boat. Yeah. In a tournament or a fun? In a tournament. A Wednesday, Wednesday nighter. Yeah, Wednesday nighter. What was a hundred boats? You used to have hundred boats in these Wednesday nighters. And you know the funny part of it is, I told them, do not go to that spot because the Shelby was coming up. Oh. <laughs> How many times have you and Shane been in arguments about a boat, few. That, that type of thing? A few. He couldn't help himself, could he? he <laughs> no. He just couldn't help himself. Well, it's either him or Larry talked him into it. <laughs> Eight pounds even? I thought it was, yeah. On a magwort? Yeah, I guess I don't remember what it was. That's a big fish for Tonka. Yeah. Well, there was a seven-something weighed last year in the blackfish. Yeah, that's I think, true. Well. Between me and the fence post, I think the scale was weighing a little heavy. I won't. I think quarter either oh, really? way it was almost seven. It, yeah, that's a big seven fish. some pounder. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. So they're in there. Yeah, but like weights, tournament weights have dropped on Tonka. I think. Well, if I mean 
like when you look back at the 80s, 90s, the oh. weights weren't that good. No, like, well, no. like 80s, they weren't that good. And then you had like these heydays in the 90s with Pryor Lake. And I don't know about Tonka. I don't know when Tonka's heyday was, but Pryor had like this heyday. But bags overall weren't as good in the 80s and 90s, I think, as they are now generally right or maybe not i don't know maybe they're worse uh, now yeah i I mean you got to say tonka was good for a long time where it took at least a four pound average to win sure yeah and it still does but you see it drop off yeah exactly where yeah where before you see a lot of teams coming in with big well you know because you remember 10 fish tournaments Sure, and then there was, there was 10? there was ten fish tournaments. That I remember was, twelve fish. See, that was before my time. I remember the ten fish, fish tournaments. So now put five and five on it, and that's a and then try well, calling all that crap. Eight was eight was tough enough. I yeah. liked eight because it oh, was yeah. less of a kicker yep. factor. That's correct. I was good at them them deeper. Yeah, yeah. I learned the Doug P track, Nick yep. Gross, Dean Leslie yep. way school school and yep. fish, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, five you can, you know, eight eight was. It was it it was tough to even call. Do you stuff. prefer a bag size or you didn't care five or eight or did uh, like because they mixed that up? Yeah, eight was more than enough. I like yeah, yeah. I mean that was plenty. Did yeah. you prefer an eight over a five or did you not care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think any good like yep. good fisherman preferred eight over yeah, five for sure. Yeah, because you can throw a frog and catch five big ones. You can get on a school you can get and three catch, big ones and yep. two little ones. Yeah, you know you can get on an eight fish school bite and, be, and lock her up. Right. Yeah. Right. They don't do any eight fish anymore. No. Six, I think. Don't they do a six? Somebody does a six. Yeah, Most I of them are five. So. Yeah. Denny's does four, don't they, on the Wednesday night? I now, I think. He's been like that a long time, though, I think. Uh, our league, we only, only four? Do, yeah. We only do three in our I league. they did s- Cause them Wednesday nighters, dude, used to be. Oh God, they used to be big full. time. Yeah. You guys fished dude, Wednesday a, nighters, didn't for you? Sure, that's what I thought. Everyone, yeah, yeah. everyone of them boys did, and yeah. it was a hundred. Like it was, how much was entry on a Wednesday night? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, like but you look at that. Or something, yeah, but, but you look like, at that stream of the crops on there, raveling Capra. Yeah, the right Wednesday down the nighters line. were about like freaking. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon, like yeah. there were no money in the Wednesday nighters. Everyone wanted to win one though. Yeah. It was hard to win one. Yeah, they were like that was like the Mega Bowl. But um, this has been fun. I think we're gonna we're gonna probably wrap this up with. I've got one very important question for you guys. Um, very important. Do you believe in aliens, Mark? <laughs> UFOs. I believe in UFOs. Which means you all, have but not to. aliens. No, I have to. Yeah. Have to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else out there. It's like Bigfoot. Show me a body, and I'll believe it. <laughs> so you don't believe there's alien you think we're you don't believe there's other life out there is this going to be edited out no nope. <clears throat> unless you want it to be no i believe i believe there's something out there yes i don't know if you would consider it aliens or ufo but there's something somewhere yeah. some living being let's say i don't see how there is it. yeah it has no, to oh be. yeah i would believe there is yeah. you look at the sky <laughs> all those stars yep. that's somebody's sun yeah. each one of them that's crazy yep. Well, and it goes beyond that, where you can't see, and there's still stuff. Infinity. (laughs) Right. I think about how many bass circuits are galaxy-wide. You know what I mean? Like, like we were just talking about worldwide bass. Like, how many bass tournaments are galaxy? I feel like this is happening at least a thousand more times across the galaxy. Good. Good. We'll never know. I'll never prove it. Life's about more questions than answers, unless it's a magwort, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> but that was my closing question because I'm always curious. Yeah. Fishing's a curious sport. Galaxy's ever expanding. Yeah. Well, I believe it. But I hold true yeah. on my Bigfoot, though. You should have to show me a body before I believe that. Do you I'm, think... not, I'm not saying there's not a half man, half ape somewhere in the world. But as far as Bigfoot goes, I need to see a body. That makes sense. I'm, There's I'm the too many trail cameras and all that crap out there nowadays. Yeah. People can get cougars and all this crap in the city. You know. What about you Antarctica, though? Could be. How many trail cams are in Antarctica? None. Nobody knows what the That's fuck's right. there. Yep. I hear you. <laughs> but, I mean, do you think we're aliens? Could be. You Can't. and I don't cut our hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah neither do I. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you got the frost cooking. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And the signature mustache. They have Corvettes in other galaxies, I bet. It's a sweet ride. Yeah. It is a sweet ride. It is. Um, I take it to Texas, and uh, that's my... <laughs> cool. That's my fishing uh, rig in Texas. I mean, I have, a, I have a truck down there, too. Yep. But when I go to a guide over in the Gulf... I throw my eight foot rods in there. They fit perfect. Two magwort rods, box of magworts. <laughs> well, it's just about the same. Guys. You don't need much tackle. Nope. Yep. Throw everything in there and drive over there. It gets thirty miles to a gallon. Are you serious? Honest. And it's still fast. Oh, unbelievable. The, what? Honest. It's a V eight. Yeah, or? but it it kicks down to four if yeah. you're not using oh, it. Oh, yep, yep, yep. So yep. honest. Driving back and forth to Texas, well, just any place you get 30 miles a gallon. Sure, sure. <clears throat> the speed limits in South Dakota are really good. What's the fastest you've got that? 100, 130. And it's supposed to go over 170, but <clears throat> there's so many cops in Texas. No, oh, yeah. You just can't open it up. Unless you're Jay Leno, like you really can't. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And up here, I haven't even attempted it. So Not a lot of places yeah. to do it here. No, is that's that, a fun car though. It just sounds no. fun. Yeah. It looks fun. Highway fifty five from Highway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple back this way, right, back forty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to drag race. You know, I'm back with the four H babes. Yeah, the problem is you kick it down and you're going hundred. Now, now, <laughs> you know. So it's easy to and speed if, in. I bet. If you have anything up front on the dash or anything, it's in the back. <laughs> oh no. I learned that fast. Cool. <laughs> Your phone in sure. the back. Yeah. Are you a manual transmission guy, or you just, that's like, <clears throat> driving a stick to Texas sounds awful? But maybe. Yeah. No, it's an automatic. Yeah. And and it shifts faster than you could ever fit uh, shift anyway. So. Cool. Yeah. No, it's a computerized, you know, yeah. shifting and stuff. No. Dang. It's a fun car. Yeah. I bet. Have you always kind of been into cars, or is this kind of like... Oh, I, always, I grew up in the muscle cars. Really? Had uh, GTOs and Dusters and Chevelles and all that stuff, and this was just kind of the icing on the cake. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, cars aren't... I mean, <clears throat> no offense to the 80s, but it was about the worst, yeah. worst decade for cars, I think, yeah. right? Maybe the 90s were a close second, yeah. but... Them muscle cars, like, they don't make them like that no more. It's unbelievable. We had so much fun with those things. I bet. Yeah, see, all... I was, it was past, <clears throat> I was, I still remember as a kid seeing all the muscle cars, and on Central Avenue and where I lived, that was a, every Friday night, 
every yeah. muscle people would come from all over the place and it was cool but when I grew up, muscle man, it wasn't muscle cars. It really yeah. Thunderbirds. It Thunderbirds. It's point A to point B, dude. That's what it was for us. The Corvette's kind of one of the few vehicles that really kind yeah. of kept that sexy look throughout its whole yeah its whole lifespan. Yeah. Have you always been a Corvette guy, or was that kind of? It's well, I've always wanted one, yeah. and uh, I think I bought this one two years ago, and just love it. It's uh, it, well, it's a nice car. I think I've ever had. Sure. So, yeah. Have you ever driven anything that's not red? What's up with the raveling red? Like everything <laughs> the ravelings drive is red, except Mason. He's got black and orange. Well, all my trucks are black. Okay. Yeah. That goes good with red, right? Yeah. <laughs> my bolts are even changed into black. Really? Yeah. Smart. You can be stealthy for a change. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I like stealth. Can't, people can't He's, see it. Yeah. He, I mean, I respect the stealth. <laughs> yeah. It's the way to be. Don't well, wear bright shirts out in the boat when you're practicing. And, uh, not practicing. <laughs> no. I'd never wear this out fishing. No. No. Well, yeah. Well, I, Dean, it's nice seeing you again. It's nice seeing you, bud. Yeah, it's been a long yeah, time. Yeah. I yeah. thought that'd be a nice surprise. No, it was kind of a cool, cool deal. So that tournament is on YouTube. If you guys are wondering, yeah, like I, Dean got, told me yeah. about it, and then yep. Dave Sickinator actually put, yeah. I think, a lot of those tournaments yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. So you yeah, guys, you fish with Dave, and I actually fish with Dave, and I got to know Dave pretty good because he yeah. turned pro and I stayed as an amateur. Sure. Yeah. And I think you guys did really well in Green and Chisago. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, amazing if you look at that roster from the amateurs. Jim Severson was an amateur in two thousand one. Oh my gosh! Yeah. If you I, would go through that, you'd be shocked at the guys that actually took it to the next level and crazy. Yeah. Are doing her up now. Yeah, so. Great. I stayed with Jimmy down on Hartwell. That dude is wild. No, yeah. that's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Guy can fish a jig though. I mean, yeah, not fish dude, anything. He yeah. Fish, yeah, he's, he's a just, good fisherman. Yeah, he's a purebred. Give him a pack of Marlboros and a <laughs> thing of coffee, and he's good to go. Yeah. Yep. Follow the weed line. Yep. Yep. I don't even think that guy has a map chip. I think he's pure. Yeah. He's pure as, he's pure as Russian vodka. <laughs> good fisherman. Well, Mark, this has been a treat. And yeah. Like, for all you listening, I, I really want you to. Pay attention when you hear this guy because this is somebody who's really pioneered the sport of bass fishing, tournament bass fishing in Minnesota. You're somebody I've always looked up to. So this this honestly is a dream come true means the world. So thank yeah. you so much. And um Dean, I appreciate all you've done for me yeah. as well. And um I wouldn't be the fisherman I am fisherman I am without you. But um thanks for making the trip. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is the Bass Galaxy. Checking in, checking out. <laughs>